elephants in the room. I guess, did you hear like the, the tapping? Yeah, the it's when my voice was getting too high. Well, no, when it gets to the end, then you start. Oh, so, like, when you so started, I start now. It was, yeah. Yeah, so when you started, it wasn't even, oh, okay, it, it hadn't okay, gone okay. into it yet. Hi guys, welcome back to Elephants in the Room. I have some really exciting guests here with me. As you guys can see, I am here with Hayde and David Kushner. Um, I'm going to introduce them to you guys. If you don't know who they are, I'm sure you do. David is a 22-year-old singer-songwriter from Chicago. He signed to Virgin Music, a distribution service label for independent artists. David has over 2.5 monthly listeners on Spotify and over 2.2 million social media followers across Instagram and TikTok. David toured with Lauv, opened his first three headliners in the top three major cities, and generated over 180 million streams on Spotify in the past 12 months. And he is also my boyfriend, so that's kind of cool. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. It's been a long time coming since he's you come on here. You said for monthly listeners, you said one or 2.4 something, but you didn't say million. I didn't say million. So. <laughs> oh, Only 2.4. Yeah. And me and Hayde are two the two. Two and a half people, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Hayde is a 21-year-old singer-songwriter from Michigan. He's signed to Interscope Records. In the last two years, he's accumulated 1.4 billion woo, global streams with viral songs like Head in the Clouds, Changes, and Closure. And he now lives in Los Angeles. By the way, Head in the Clouds, that music video is phenomenal. Everyone go watch oh, thank it. Thank you. But yeah, thanks for being here, guys. Um Let's talk about how we know Hade, because obviously you guys know how I know David. Why are you laughing, David? Nothing. What's your problem? Nothing. I'll tell you later. What? Nothing. I no, farted. just tell me. David! Oh, you know what? We're not going to cut that out because this is elephants in the room, so we are vulnerable on here. We're honest. David. Uh, <laughs> David's probably going to fart like 20 more times. That was our run one roll before we started. Because I started David taking beef, beef liver pills I take now. <laughs> David takes beef liver pools, pools, pills. <laughs> David, David takes beef liver pills. Yeah. And they give him terrible gas. Yeah. And his farts are the type that just like linger. Linger and they fill a room. They fill yeah. every space that's possible. Yes. And they don't They're die bad. down for like 20 minutes. It just no. really. We've been begging David to stop taking his beef liver pills, but yep, he hasn't. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that's a little bit about Hayden and David Kushner. But yeah, how we know Hayden, it's actually funny because when me and David were first dating, before everything blew up with Miserable Man for David, we were huge fans of Hayden. Um, and they ended up becoming friends. And now they live together. We're actually in their house as we speak. Um, so yeah, we're super excited to get into it. But as you guys know, this podcast is all about just being real, being vulnerable, being honest. So I'm going to just ask you guys some questions. Um, so yeah, let's just okay. do it. Word. Okay. Let's do it. Word. Let's do it. Sounds so fun. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with you, Hade. So obviously it's the same set of questions for both of you, but I'm going to ask for your answer first on this sure. one. Okay. Take us back to the beginning. When did your journey into the music industry start? I always played the piano growing up. Um, so ever since I was like three or four, I took piano lessons. So I always played the piano. And then I also really liked writing poetry in reading. I was a big reader as a kid, which I feel like poetry and playing the piano are the two ingredients for writing songs, but they didn't mix. Like I just, I didn't write songs until I was in high school. I went through a breakup, which maybe is like Ooh. the, yeah, the genesis of, of every artist go <laughs> through a breakup. And then, <laughs> and then, but then all of a sudden I felt all these strong emotions and then people like would ask me, Oh, how are you doing? And 
it's kind of hard to put like sometimes words don't do it justice how you how you feel like it's kind of hard to like simply explain how you feel like in a tangible way but music can do that because it, it just the emotion in music so anyway i started writing songs just as an emotional outlet so i was writing all these sad breakup songs and um yeah so i just put them on soundcloud i didn't really think anything of it it wasn't like i was necessarily like oh i'm like i'm gonna be i'm gonna get signed i'm gonna do this for for my work for my job um but i started putting them on soundcloud and then i i started putting them on youtube and basically early on uh like even now but three or four years ago so this is all like three or four years ago lyric channels were really big on youtube and so i got like all their emails and so i would just send out mass emails i'd literally copy and paste the same email and i'd just switch out their names and it would basically be like hey i'm hey this is my new song this is a little bit a little bit about me this is a little bit about the song i'd send it to all these channels and then they would start posting my music and they you know they had millions of subscribers i had like two subscribers at this point. So I basically just did that. And so every time I had a new release, uh, I would just email them and I built up relationships with all these different lyric channels to the point where now they're posting all of my music. And then that helped me grow a little bit. Um, so that was a start, like it really started on YouTube. And then, um, in 2020, like during quarantine, that's when I started posting on TikTok. and then you know, like you have viral videos, viral sounds, viral songs. And then that led to me getting signed. Um, but it also just allowed me to be able to do it full time and also just reach a wider audience. And then it was like kind of around that time. Well, maybe a little later, but when I met David. So but yeah, cool. that's kind of that's kind of the awesome. simplified story. I actually didn't know that. That's cool. I had no idea. So yeah. you're 21 now. So you were how old when you were like emailing over the songs to? I was probably, I was probably like 17 or 18. Very it was, cool. it was when I was a junior in high school or junior gotcha. or senior in high school. Um, it was, it was before TikTok was mainstream. Cause mm-hmm. I remember like at that point, TikTok, I don't know if it was still musically, but it was it was just kind of cringe if you had TikTok. So yeah. like some of my friends in high school had TikTok. And at that point it was just dancing videos. So it was really kind of cringy. So we'd always make fun of them. And so it's pretty funny that like full circle TikTok is like kind of how we both <laughs> yeah, really totally. accelerate it's our, a catalyst our for careers. So. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Aid. Yeah, that's yeah, so course. cool. All right, David, same question for you. I know this answer, but um, take us back to the beginning. When did your journey into the music industry start? My, hello, I'm David Kushner. (laughs) My journey began, I liked singing growing up, and I would sing with all my four sisters. I would sing Justin Bieber, Shawn Mendes, Eminem, till I collapse from spilling these raps. I was trying to remember the lyrics, but I forgot. And um, yeah, so I would sing. And then uh, I would go to their concerts with them, like Jonas Brothers, and I would just tag along. And then I really loved music growing up and just fell in love with it as I did those things with my with my family and my sisters. And then got guitar lessons at, in fourth grade. My sisters got piano lessons. So, like, my parents kind of put us through a very musically inclined upbringing, I guess. Not, like, too much, just, like... They made my sisters do piano lessons and they got me guitar lessons, but we wanted to, like it was fun. And then 
Um, yeah, fast forward, there was nothing really else like in between like middle school and stuff. It was really high school kind of coming towards the end of high school. I just started taking singing more seriously and, um, yeah, you then, took singing lessons, right? Yeah, and then high school ended, and then I got a vocal coach. And I was in, because I'm I'm from outside of Chicago. So I would commute back and forth from the suburbs to the city every day, um, do vocal lessons. And then I was god-awful at singing. So I was <laughs> That's like, not true. Not That's anymore. not true. <laughs> I was really, uh, I'm all right now. I, I got some more work to do. But um, yeah, just did some lessons and... Um, I was just working. I didn't go to college. And then um, I started joining TikTok like Hayden. And then I started posting and gaining a platform just like through other things. I was like doing motivational videos and I was posting like trends. And then I was also doing like some cringy stuff that like we're not going to talk about. <laughs> Guys, we, everyone we, go, down, go down to the bottom of David's TikTok and watch the videos. I promise you won't regret it. Don't go down to the but bottom. You, you start like on TikTok, you kind of started as like a... Influencer. Yeah, kind of like yeah. an influencer. But it was yeah. about, it was like mental health. Like you yeah. were encouraging people with, yeah. with mental health stuff. Totally. And you yeah. had a bunch of followers from mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, cool. how many followers did you have before? Like before music, you were at like about a million, right? Yeah, like I hit a million in March of 2020. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then just in between that posting, like I started end of 2019 and then like all the way through 2020, I was just behind the scenes, like still working on music, doing voice lessons, learning guitar on YouTube. Like I've never gotten a guitar lesson like since I started it again. And yeah, I just knew that that's what I was really passionate about. And I wanted, I wanted it to be that I wanted that to be my thing. Um, and it was hard, but I kept going. And then, um, yeah, started writing, started writing my original songs eventually. And like started to explore that. And then I released my first song, um, in 2021, it's called Illy. And then, um, Illy. Yeah. Like, I love you. That was the one that did Uh, really well on TikTok. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And then I just kind of transitioned the brand from like, you know, influencer, speaker, whatever you want to call it to like artist, And it was going really well. And I kind of just had the whole vision in my head for it. And then just kept writing. And then, um, yeah. And then I wrote Miserable Man and kind of had like a moment on TikTok. And then I wrote Mr. Forgettable. And then, yeah, it's been really awesome. It's been really good. So yeah. And then now I'm in LA, just moved Wait, here. But when did, when did we, we met uh, we met in, like in November, like when Miss Roman yeah, you guys yeah, met when right when Miss Roman was coming out. I FaceTimed each yeah, other. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Which I'll just say, just to hype David up, and I'm not just saying this because I'm his girlfriend, but I started dating David right when he really started pursuing music, and this kid put in so much time and effort and hard work. He would sit in a room for hours just by himself, trying to develop his sound. He doubted himself so much. And even when he wrote Miserable Man, like he didn't even think it was that good. And then, you know, here we are now. So he's he's worked very hard. And I'm sure Hayde has as well. So it's really cool to see, um, which both of these guys, by the way, I know you guys don't know them personally, but I do. And they're both very humble, kind, gentle, just amazing, genuine people. And it's really hard to find those people in this space. And I've experienced a lot of people who aren't like that. So... I'm I'm very grateful to know both of them, but they're both really oh, amazing you. men. That's so sweet. so yeah. Thank you. All right, we'll go to the next question. Um, Hayde, what song, album, EP, or project of yours means the most to you, and why? Oh, that's a good question. 
Um, I mean, like musicians, I've heard a lot of different musicians say this, but it is kind of true. Like every, every song you make is kind of like your child in a weird way. Uh, like you have attachments to everyone because at least I'll speak for myself. I'm, I'm, I bet it's the same with David. He's falling asleep (laughs) over here. Um, but like you have attachments to all these songs that you make because they hold special meaning, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you okay? oh, I was just did saying, you fart again no i was just saying you rubbed my head <laughs> God. um oh yeah i sorry anyway my song so because every song has like a special meaning in in it it brings you back to a certain time in your mm-hmm. life so that's like the cliche answer of like they all mean a lot to me but i mean like my song changes was the song that like pun intended changed my life i feel like that was the song that means the most to me just because Mm -hmm. up until that point i didn't like i still make music for fun but i never serious i I mean maybe i did it's hard to remember because it was a few Mm -hmm. years ago but i don't think i ever like really really believed like oh i'm gonna be able to make music Same. and not because I like, not because I didn't have belief in myself, but mm-hmm. just because I I'm aware that it's very cutthroat and, right. and like it, it, it is like skill and hard work, but also there is like, just like kind of luck and opportunity mm-hmm. and timing and it's just out of your hands. Right. And so, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, Oh, like this song is going to be the one mm-hmm. I didn't even, th- I didn't think anything of changes because pretty much the story behind that is, um, up until that point, I was just putting out songs and I was in high school and it was whatever. I got made fun of a lot in high school for the songs I was putting out, but changes. I started writing that song. I wrote the chorus of it. I think I was playing it for you guys. Like mm-hmm. that first voice. The memo, voice the other memo, day. Yeah. But it was so like, cool. I'm going, I, it was me, you know, I'm going through changes, but I swear I'm the same. And so the what story, a line, by the way, holy crap, <laughs> the story is kind of cool behind it because basically, um, this was summer of 2020. And basically, again, I didn't think anything of this song, uh, but I was posting on TikTok every single day for a month. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to post my song every day on TikTok for a month, just my music. And if one of them goes viral, one of them goes viral. So it got to a point where I was posting for two weeks in a row. So I posted 14 different songs. And then I was going on a camping trip with all my friends up north in Michigan, like in the Upper Peninsula. And and so um, I posted changes and I like turned off my phone and I didn't go on social media for days because mm. I'm camping. So little did I know, like the video blew up, but I had no idea because That's I crazy. was camping with all of my friends until one of the last days. Um, there also wasn't that good of How a signal. How long were you there? Probably like four days or five days. Or no, yeah, it's probably like five or six days. So like three or four days in, uh, I got signal and I went back on my phone. And then I just was getting texts from my mom and my That's friends crazy. and they're like, we just saw your video. And I was like, what is going on? So up until this point, all of my TikToks had like a hundred thousand views or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like my first videos all consistently got like 10,000 views or something. And then it was like 30,000 and, but none had been over a hundred thousand. And so this was one, um, it got over, it got over a million. I'm trying to remember what the video was. Mm-hmm. I think it was just me. Oh, I made like a montage to my friends and it was just like, you know, um, I moved, like I'm, I'm, I'm growing apart from my friends or something like that. Yeah. I can't fall. I mean, you could check and see it's on my TikTok. Yeah, we'll have to go look um, at it. But yeah, it, but it was changes. It was the mm-hmm. chorus and it blew up. And so then, um, 
I went on my phone when I was camping and we were just scrolling. My best friend, Andrew, and I were just scrolling in a hammock, just scrolling through the comments. Like we just thought it was so cool because there were so many comments like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I was like, like, dang, I should probably finish this song Mm because I only had the chorus. So then, um, sorry, you asked me like, I'm giving you such a long answer to this question. Yes. No, this is perfect. This is just like the story. This is what a podcast is for him to just like really talk. Yeah, but or, like I'm trying to gauge like yeah, how long yeah, should yeah. my answers be, but I'll just I'll, I'll say it. Um, so anyway, uh, I come back from camping. I post another one of the of the course. That one goes viral too. Wow. And so I was like, okay, I know like this song is special mm-hmm. and it like relates to people. And this is the first song that I actually feel like people can like it will reach a lot of people. You mm-hmm. know, I never really felt like that from my first songs because to. I wasn't on TikTok. I was just posting on YouTube. Right. And there wasn't like exponential growth like there is on TikTok. Anyway, I I was I felt kind of stuck though. So this is the end of August 2020. I felt kind of stuck because I had all this pressure on me to finish changes because I knew it was a I knew it had a lot of potential and I knew a lot of people love the chorus. So I I put all this pressure on myself like, "Oh, I have to make it this great song." Mm-hmm. And so the story behind it and I'm, this is fun because I don't think I've told you guys this story. And, um, but basically, um, I live on I, I live with my parents on the beach on Lake Michigan. So I went up the sand, a sand dune and I just brought my journal. And I was just like, I'm just going to write poetry. I'm just going to try to figure out like the verses. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to try to finish writing the rest of the song. And I just couldn't do it for the life of me. Like mm-hmm. I tried so long. I was just trying like writing all these ideas and it wasn't like they were probably fine ideas too. It's not like they were terrible, but they yeah. just, they just weren't, they, 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 they just weren't, weren't right. Yeah. And, and I had all this pressure on me mm-hmm. that I was putting on myself. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I went back home having not written really anything. And I just felt like defeated. Cause I was like, maybe I, you know, maybe I'm just, it's not going to be that good of a yeah. song or it's not going to reach people or whatever. And so literally that night in my room, <clears throat> I was actually just, like crying kind of, I mean to be honest like kind of crying and praying I was like god mm-hmm. like I thought this like is this gonna be a big song like there's all this pressure and I it, I've never had this happen with the song so that's why it, it's so meaningful because it really mm-hmm. did feel like supernatural and divine but as I was crying I just went to the piano in my room and I literally sung the whole song through like within four Holy minutes crap. like the whole song was written like wow. it just like you like the other, it like when, when we were flowing, just writing song, like mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it didn't even feel like I wrote it. It felt more like I was receiving it. Mm-hmm. And so then I just like the, the, <laughs> the verse like done in two minutes, second verse done wow. and then pre-course done. And then, and then that night I cut vocals and it was done. Like the song was That's just crazy. done. And then the next day I posted it on my TikTok and that was like my up until closure, like that was my biggest viral video. Like mm-hmm. that was the one me sitting in my room, like with the flashing lights. And that was the one then like all these labels started reaching out. And so it's a really, like, it's a really that's cool a, moment because I really felt so defeated. And yeah. then, and then like, truly I felt like it just like, I received that song and I just mm-hmm. like kind of cried and wrote it, wrote it over my piano. And then I just knew, I was like, this is, this is like a this really special one. song. Which I'm sure you guys have heard changes. Do you mind maybe like humming the chorus a little bit? So like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm going through changes, but I swear I'm the same. Could you show me some patience along the way? Uh, bro wow. sounds like the exact record. What? 
guys, you've heard that Bro. song. I know everyone listening to this has heard that song. So this is the man, <laughs> the myth, that, the legend behind the song. No, but that song is very special and it, even very special to me. I mean, it's I've probably cried to your music many uh-huh. times in my life. Um, but that's such a cool story. And if it's, you've ever cried to Hades music, drop a like <laughs> yeah, and a yeah, comment. Yeah, like, drop subscribe. a like and a comment. Um, but, you know, it's cool because it's just cool to hear, like, the story behind it and, like, just know how much it means to you. And it's totally. so crazy, like, how much I've seen David and now just kind of hearing your story, like, how much you guys doubt yourself and stuff. But it's really cool to see when when it's right and when the right lyrics come out it's like you just know and it's just this feeling which i want to kind of take it back to ask you in that moment when everything happened with changes Mm -hmm. that night when you checked your phone on social media and then also when you finish it what was that feeling like when artists go through that i can't imagine like what does that feel like what's going through your head when you open your phone and you have millions or thousands of people loving something that means so much to you i mean it it's it's a high for sure. Like it's a, it's a rush. Uh, that's maybe the best word to explain it. Like yeah. it's a rush. Cause you're just, I'm, I'm dragging and, uh, like, what do you call it? Like refreshing the page mm-hmm. and there's all these comments and likes and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's, like it's kind of like you're, you're on cloud nine, yeah. but of course with a high, like it, it the goes away. Come. So mm-hmm. like, you know, like for, for those three days, it was like, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like I'm the most famous person on the planet, which is so not true, but it makes you feel yeah, that way. It's yeah. like, it's just this rush. Um, and also it's kind of like this, it, it feel it feels like fulfilling in the sense of like you put in work to write mm-hmm. this song and it's like fulfilling to see it reach people yeah, and like actually impact people in a really good way. Like totally. seeing people comment or just saying like this song you know like save me or this song Mm -hmm. is exactly what i'm going through like it's wild it just like you realize there's so many people out there and like even though i'm a kid in my bedroom making music by myself like millions of people are now hearing it so it's definitely a high for sure that's Uh, cool yeah and and then it goes away and then you and then you chase the next one and it's like this cycle which i know david you can relate to that do you want to speak on that a little bit like the high of like I was with David when like Miserable Man blew up and it was so crazy. Like every day, I swear this, like a new video would get like millions of streams. Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. It was like my head was in the clouds or something. (laughs) Oh, nice. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. All right, David. Well, you have to answer that question too. So what song, album, EP or project of yours means the most to you and why? Well, I only got one EP. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, but you have a lot of songs. No, I, I mean, you can choose one song. No, I know. It's just funny. Yeah, um, I'm actually curious. Like, what song means the most to you? Hmm. I'm trying to guess what he's going to say. I don't know. I feel like it's it would be miserable, man. I agree no? with Hayden. Like, each one is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, the new one we wrote, <laughs> Daylight or whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, yeah. There's a new song we wrote that's really good. Coming soon. But Miserable Man, no? Is it not? Yeah, I usually always say Miserable Man. Why? probably because i mean number one it was like the first song that you know did really well for me mm-hmm. and that yeah. kind of started started like a whole new season in my life but also started a whole new like sound for me as an artist and yeah just the chorus to me is like still i think just like the best chorus i've ever written i think it's just like the most relatable i've written 
because I think we all feel lost sometimes. And totally. Oh, what? I just song. have my song. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm lost. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all these sure. hate references, by the way. <laughs> um, They're in sync. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we'll feel that way in whatever regard that is. Um, because, yeah, I wrote it about that, like, kind of feeling out of place. Or um, maybe there's, like, a small town you grew up in, which is kind of the story behind it is, like, these two people from a small town and they want to get out because like it doesn't feel like home anymore um yeah like maybe wherever your home is like you kind of lose it in a way like it kind of doesn't feel like home anymore I don't know for me it was I was traveling all the time trying to pursue music I would come here to LA like when I didn't live here always working with people writing songs and you know, just on my grind, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to make it happen, I guess. And, um, and then, yeah, it became really hard and I felt super out of place and just like, just scared of the uncertainty of like, dang, like, what if this doesn't work out? And I just kind of settle for, you know, a more stable, regular job. Cause you know, like money, money's not stable when you're trying to be an artist and all that stuff. Um, but with that being said, um, yeah, so that's kind of what I wrote that course about is like, I just felt like, um, where I grew up in Chicago, I like lost touch with that as like my home. Cause I was gone all the time and I was like, where do I like, I, I didn't feel settled anywhere. And, hmm. um, yeah. And like, I also wrote about my faith and like being a Christian and like, um, it was kind of like a message to myself, the chorus of just like. Oh, I I parted from, like, my old ways of, like, not believing in God and, like, I make my identity and my faith in, like, Jesus and stuff. Wow. And, yeah, that's, like, a personal meaning and, um, yeah. And then the story of the song, though, is, like, this fictional boy and girl kind of run away and they kind of create their own life and then it kind of ends like happy like they have kids they built their own house like they have a dream house and um yeah it's kind of like the journey of I don't know I've explained it different times like the journey of what people will call like the American dream you know like wanting to have freedom which essentially that's like what it is I guess and like they kind of end up making it happen and they have a beautiful family like they're at the dinner table and they kind of like have this moment of realization, like, which is in the second verse of like, dang, like we made it, like we really took that risk and like we made our own, we like found our home and like, yeah. So it's like a lot of different cross meanings. Yeah. But yeah. I would say just that would be the third thing is just like the meanings behind it and um, the meanings even personally and stuff. And It's cool hearing you say, like share personally how it is about your faith too. Cause mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think you told me that before, but. Um, I feel like when most people, like, I would say most people, when they hear that, they, it's just the emotion of loss, kind like, kind of like an acceptance, like with the course, that's why we parted. I feel like, like on TikToks and stuff, it's like people accept, like, it's like leaving someone and accepting that kind Mm -hmm. of, so that like, that's what people relate to. I think so. It's cool hearing you share, like also your, the personal meaning of like your, your walk and your, your spiritual journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's like Yeah, that is an I interesting way to think about it. It's like what originally was home, you're like parting from it to find mm-hmm. your actual And home. it all it's also just <laughs> that's cool. It's also just cool that music is interpreted differently by everyone. Absolutely. That's so cool because 
likewise, I have songs that have such like meaningful, they mean so much to me. And like a lot of times too, on such a deep, like spiritual level or, or some of these songs are like me just like crying out to God and, Mm -hmm. but no one, like people don't know that because, but they're taking it and they're applying it to their own life. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool. Cause like, yeah, it's just so cool how people can take, take a song and like it can affect it can impact well, you apply it to your like situation of what yeah, you're totally. going through and your emotions. So that's what's it's so powerful about music. I love that. It's so cool. You guys have such that's cool stories. Though. Okay, so obviously you guys have had a lot of highlights in your career, a lot of really big, cool moments. But since we're on elephants in the room and we're talking about like real deep stuff, what are some of the lows of your career and how you know how has that impacted you? Like, there's a lot of stuff that you guys go through that you don't talk about on your social media or share because it's, I don't know, it's scary to talk about those things. So what are some things that you guys have experienced that have really shaken you up and really like left you, you know, in a deep, dark place? Because with, with those highs, like you're going to experience lows. You don't go through that, that, you know, those highs and then not experience hard times. I almost feel like for people like you guys, the average person who works like a nine to five and doesn't have the situation that you guys have, I don't feel like they go through as deep of lows because they're not used to this like really high, high. They haven't experienced hmm. that like crazy feeling of success and all these different things. So yeah. So do you want to start Hayden? Maybe talk yeah. about some lows yeah. that you've gone through. Thank you. Great question. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone has their own demons and like in, in lows that they have to face. Um, probably for me, it was probably last year. I've talked about it a little bit like on my Instagram, but, um, I I don't know if people know, like to the, the depths of like how I just felt really lonely last year because I grew up my whole entire life in Michigan with my family and my friends. Um, and even college, like I was, I was going to community college. I was still living with my parents and I seen my friends. And then within a year, like I, I had gotten signed and so I was making music full time and I was just living at home now. So I, I got my two year degree of college and then I stopped going to college and like within a year, truthfully, like all of my friends got married, every single one, all like, you know, like objectively pretty young and, and I'm really happy for them. I'm not saying that like, I'm, you know, like I'm salty about that. I'm not at all. Uh, but they all, they, they just all got married. And so I just felt, I just felt so alone because like, Mm -hmm. I just, I I didn't see my friends. And then, so it kind of got to a point, like in 2021, I said last year, but I'm just giving a little bit of, I'm prefacing a little bit. Uh, so I was like, I, I talked to my dad and I was like, I, I need to move. I think like, I think I need to move because I can't, I'm just spending all this time in my room making music. And I just feel really lonely because I don't see any of my friends. Like I love my family and I'm so close with them. Um, but I'm just in my room like all the time. And I loved college because I feel like naturally I'm maybe more of an extrovert and I love conversating with people. And so I love college. Um, but then, and then COVID hit. So it was like all these things. And so I was like, man, I need to move. And I had no idea what to expect because I had never been on my own before. And so in moving from Michigan to Los Angeles, is like, it's pretty far, you know, it's like as far mm-hmm. away as I could move in the country. And so, sorry, that's to preface my, my low really was last year. Like last summer was, um, 
Yeah, like last summer was really a low spot for me because I moved in January to LA. In the first few months, it's it's exciting, right? Like you came like right away and we were writing Burn and all these songs and that was fun. And um, then I went on tour with Sarah Kays. And so like that stuff's all fun. But if after that, like in the summer, it just hit me that I'm like, man, I'm so alone. Uh, like I don't see my family anymore. My My older brother has a niece sorry, has a daughter. I have a niece that's growing up and I'm just not a part of Mm -hmm. her life. Like I came home one time and she looked like she had never seen me before. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. Like, so I'm watching my niece grow through, through Instagram. Like my, my little brother is, again, I'm just so close with my family. And my little brother is now like 16, 17. He's starting to date a girl and he's going through some hardships and I'm not there for him to, Mm -hmm. to, I'm just not there for him. Uh, and same, you know, with my parents and, so that's like just hard because I'm like, yeah. it was my choice to leave. Mm-hmm. And just on top of that, I just, I I didn't see my, fr- I was losing touch with my friends. Mm-hmm. And again, there's not, it's not like, cause there's an argument. It was just when you're far, that far away from people, you're just really not a part of their right. lives anymore. So anyway, I say all that to, it climaxes to basically, I felt so alone in the summer. I felt like I had nobody and so like, there was a lot of nights just crying, like in my bed, mm-hmm. really just crying. Cause I was like, what am I, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I remember too, like, I just felt like I had nobody. And I was like, well, I still, you know, I was going to, like, I was going to call my manager at the time to, to like talk through things with him. Cause I'm like, I'm still just so young. And like, and anyway, like then that phone call, he, like my manager, like was like, I, I don't want to manage you anymore. And there was like different reasons and we parted ways and we're still on good terms. But anyway, felt like everyone was like, yeah, out you of just my felt life. very isolated. Yeah. I felt so isolated, especially because mm-hmm. in our line of work too, like it's, how do I word this? We kind of have to go out of our way maybe to like see people. Oh, and, absolutely. Cause it's yeah. easy for us to, you know, like. I don't know if you I've left the house in like three days because yeah. I, yeah. you know, we're just like making music and, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and eating here. So it's like, it's different when you have like a traditional job or like you go to college, like you're forced to go out and see people. And for you guys, it's like, yeah, it's weird. We have like all the time in the world, but at the same time we don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, it, it just like comes and goes in waves. Yeah. Like, you know, during tours or like during shoots or anything like that, we're mm-hmm. they're just so busy, mm-hmm. you know, like every day, but Again, yeah, like this week, it's like, I'm just trying to home. So I just felt really alone. I felt really lost. Like yeah. I, even when I would, I would cry out and pray to God. I felt like even then, like he was silent or maybe just mm-hmm. at the time I wasn't like in a low enough spot to like be able to listen to what he was saying to me. Right. That was like such a low mm-hmm. that um, maybe people can relate like uh, to an extent, you know, going Absolutely. away to college or like mm-hmm. when you leave your family for the first time, like it's, it, you kind of figure out who you are. So I would say like, if you, if you really want to know what's in your heart, move away from, <laughs> I'm not encouraging people to do this, but like, I mean, if you really want to know like who you are, like move away from yeah. your home, your family, your friends and how you act and how you spend your time and how you talk will, will just kind of expose and show what is in your heart. Totally. And so, um, yeah, it, it was really low, but I, I last year I, I've grown more like as a person through all the lows last year than I ever have. Yeah. Like I just feel like a totally different, but in a such better, like just a more mature like state mm-hmm. uh, 
than I was before. So like you feel like more authentically yourself for the right reasons, I guess. Like you've developed who you are for yeah, just totally. you. Like I, I think I know who I am apart from my home now right. and apart from my family. And also I feel like, like I feel like God just really humbled me by like mm-hmm. just bringing me so low. So I think that that was also good to where now I'm like, man, I don't know how to explain it. No, Other than no, like, I, I just that. feel like humbled yeah. and I feel like when people are humbled, it's always a good thing. No, absolutely. You know, I think like any huge change we go through in our lives and like, I don't know, I feel like people don't talk about that enough. Like when you do get to this age, like your early twenties and you're so used to like your life that you have your friends. And then all of a sudden you're all taking these different life paths. And like, for you, you're doing something very unconventional. You know, you're not married, you're not in school anymore. And so it's like, you grow apart and it's really weird. Like I experienced that when I got my divorce, like I remember I used to be like, Oh my gosh, everyone like has kids and is getting married when I'm getting divorced. Like, (laughs) it's so weird because you feel like so out of touch with your surroundings and the people that you feel close to. And so yeah, it's a very weird time. I feel like people don't talk about that enough, but it's definitely very isolating. And so, especially for you guys, because you're, what you do is so cool and there's a lot of perks to what you guys do, but it also is. There's so much pressure. Yeah. Like all the time. And yeah. I know like it's pro- a lot of it's probably we put on ourselves yeah. truthfully, but like there's just so much pressure yeah. to succeed, to make music that's better than your music previously, Absolutely. to to have viral moments, things like that. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I love that. All right, David, you're up. Real. What have some of the lows of your career been? That's a great question, Nicole. Real quick, real quick, Brent, can you get me? Can you please, please get me some? Yeah, guys, water? let's just let's just get our uh, yeah, crew gonna... in here real quick. We've got Brent shows in the building, David's manager, and then Sterling. Come Shout say hi. Brent come shows. say hi. Come say hi, Sterling. We got Shout Sterling in the building. Sterling. Stir sauce. Come say hi. We have Sterling here. Yeah, we're just getting so that, deep on here. Yeah. Yeah, like, after this, we're going like to go get our, ice cream. Uh, I love our contraption. The setup. Hey, Sterling. Yeah, it's all, all right, good. Anyway, the, David, sorry. Not so, to yeah, David, tell us about anyway. some of the lows of your career. <laughs> and, and, I mean, this can be anything. Lows of, like, your career itself or, like, maybe your mental health throughout your career. Again, I know, like, all the answers to these. But, like, <laughs> tell everyone else who's listening. Like, not... Not any like specific time frame, just like any. no, like any, really any time since you've pursued music. Yeah, yeah like yeah. within the last year and a half. All right. Yeah. Let's so go. The first time <laughs> I started writing, I started writing with my best friend from Chicago where I grew up, and um, yeah, it was great. We we're writing some awesome songs. Some bangers lad. And um yeah, they were pretty decent. And then I released some of them. And then um yeah, it kinda just went bad because like me and him didn't know much about the music industry as far as like you know, there's like a business side to everything, I guess. Um we didn't know much. And then eventually we find stuff out, you know, as we grow and we learn more about, you know, what we're trying to do. Um, and then disagreements started happening um, because I involved him in everything. I would fly him to L.A. with me. Like, I would pay for him, like, all that stuff because we were like a little squad, I guess, you know, like just writing songs and all that stuff. And he was also my best friend. And, um, yeah, the disagreements came along, and then that's kind of when the downfall started happening. Um, 
So I guess I'll preface like we, it, there was like a falling out. So that, that, that was the start of it was the disagreements. Yeah. And then just true colors started showing. Um, yeah. He just started treating me differently. Um, and just like kind of showed me kind of that he wasn't in it for the right reasons. And it was just disagreements of like, oh, you know, I should own half of your blah, 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 because, you know, and um, everything he wanted, like, was something he wasn't going to get because it didn't make any sense. And then um, it just, long story short, just a bunch of arguments like that. And then it just turned into him like, F you, you know, mother after whatever, like really bad, really sad. Um and it really affected, yeah, it really affected me. It's like and a then, bad fallout between. Yeah, it's like a breakup, basically. Like we were ready yeah. for over like. Would you least, say he's like year. one of your closest friends at that point, or like? Oh yeah, he was my like, only friend. Same oh, thing. Wow. I was just very lonely. Everybody was in college. <laughs> yeah, hey, like <laughs> when my... when I met David, they were like a tag team. Like yeah. he oh, literally really? went everywhere mm-hmm. with us. Like it was it was crazy to see that happen. Yeah, and. um yeah, I was at home in Chicago, and sisters all left the house. I was the only boy because I have four, four sisters, and then I have an older brother, a half-brother, but I didn't really ever grow up with him that much, um, only when I was, like, a baby, really, like a toddler. Um, yeah, and I was, like, the only one at home, um, and then, um, yeah, and it was weird because then, yeah, we were fine and then we just started falling out and then he just started treating me really poorly and then it, it kind of just turned into me just you know being like all right like we need to separate and just give get space and just like but it wasn't even that thought I was just like I'm done like this is wild like this is crazy um but you were also sorry to like cut you off no you're good David was very patient and gave a lot of grace and a lot of a lot of chances because I think he really wanted things to work because they were so close and like, yeah, like David really went through it. Like that was really hard to see him. Like it was very hard. Um, it was very bad. Yeah. And so it was like kind of a season of intense loneliness for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there's a lot of things that happened. Like even when I started social media and then, you know, me and him started writing songs, like yeah, I had like a like a big spiritual crisis. Like I was doubting, I was doubting like my my faith and stuff. And yeah, like a lot. Wait, of cha- what was it that got change. you out of that? So sorry. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different things. Um, yeah, that the the worst of that was like right before we started writing songs. It kind of started to heal and get better. Um, I don't know. I was just like doubting God and if He was really there. Oh, if he's not real, like I want to do whatever I want and like sin, basically. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's what it was because I was like gaining a platform, and then I like realized like, oh dang, like this is like a very like you can you can become a very powerful person, a very powerful influence in the world, like by gaining a following like this. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was. Um, yeah, that that just started to make me doubt because like my flesh wanted to be God myself and like do whatever I wanted to. Um, yeah, so like personal stuff like that as far as faith and religion and um, yeah, I would say it was just I basically just took it more serious because I knew that that God was there. I always held on to the scripture in the Bible of like Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen like. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. 
And then I was just like, okay, God, like, even though you seem absent and all that stuff, or like, you don't seem real, like, I'm just going to keep pursuing you. And like, hopefully this all gets better. Cause like, wow. I'm miserable and like, miserable man. Yeah. Miserable man. And like, life <laughs> is pointless. Like, yeah, just really bad, um, depressing thoughts. I don't have depression. I know some people struggle with that, but I was very depressed at the time and like, yeah, just really, really bad thoughts. I wasn't sleeping, like barely sleeping. I was super stressed. Like I was grinding my teeth every night. Like if I did sleep, like that's how bad it was. And like my face got super fat. Yeah, like I have pictures of it and everything. And um, yeah, I was just, I was having panic attacks all the time. And it was solely just because of my faith and like doubting. Just, it was just the purpose of life. And like, it was just like a spiritual, you know, crisis. Yeah, it sounds like you're kind of going through it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, this all happened like with right before everything with music. This was like mm-hmm. after social media took off for you and you were like, I don't know what I believe in. Yeah, exactly. Um, but after going through, like I knew it was God and it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because it. Because God talks about um, Abraham and how he always like thought about death and like. Um, he always thought about these deep things and, um, yeah. And yeah. And it, God also says that like people who don't think about those things, like, um, I get like, essentially it's just like, it's not wise to not think about those things. Cause they're very important things. Like, you know, what happens after we die? Like all this stuff. Like asking but, the bigger questions. Yeah. And that's what was happening. And then I read, I, I saw what God was saying about, um, Abraham and the things that he would think about. And I was like, that's literally what God is doing to me. And like, that's what's happening to me. I would say during like miserable man, I guess era. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Can you hum the song for everyone? So they know what it is. They're going to know, but you know, (laughs) so the song it's like, all we wanted was a place to feel like home. <laughs> was that good, Sterling? So good. That was good. Better, better than the original, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Let's go. Sorry, yeah, carry on. So Miserable Man, some lows during Miserable Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, life, like life then, which was not that long ago, you know, like a year or whatever, um, it was... It was a really like high, you know, that Hayd was kind of saying, you know, there's a lot of highs in the music industry and like within your career and like different success that you have amongst different things. Like, yeah, I was on, I was on a really big high and, um, yeah, but after that, um, I started traveling even more, like it got even more harder from when I was trying to make this happen, you know? And then I was sleeping like even worse. Like it was so bad. Yeah, it was just all the stress and like the pressure and the expectations and um, like how Hayd was saying, like all these record labels will reach out to you and then you, you know, you got to go travel and meet everybody and um, you have meetings and, you know, they're basically all here in Los Angeles. Yeah. But the stress is the stress is that like everyone wants to go down the perfect road, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, exactly. the struggle is like you obviously Sometimes you just don't know what the right, right. choice is. So there's there's stress because like, especially, um, I mean, anyone really can relate to that, but especially in music, there's a lot on the line because this is like your career and this dictates a lot of different things. So everyone wants to go down the perfect road, especially an artist. And you just have all these options and it's really hard to 
Yeah, 100%. it's stressful. It's just really stressful. Yeah, and it's isolated like, yeah. and lonely. Yeah, and I think... It's tough. And I think that's an interesting point because it reminds me of... I was talking to my some of my best friends that live here in L.A. like the other week about how like a lot of things like I'm sure a lot of you watching have prayed like a lot of the things you pray for and like you get blessed with and that you receive can actually become like a detriment to your life in a negative way still like I feel like people think it's yeah a perfect you know scenario oh my gosh once I once I make this scenario happen you know I'll be I'll be happy or I'll be you know whatever it is but it's just not true at all yeah, and yeah, that reminds me of like another, basically just like another low is like, like once I, like me and Nicole have been dating longer than, you know, when my music career actually kind of like started to have more and more success, I guess. Like started dating Nicole, like it's been amazing ever since we started dating each other and like music happened. And then like, you know, I have an amazing girlfriend, like I have an amazing career happening. And then it like made me super depressed and sad um, because of like self-sabotage reasons. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, do you kind of mean in the sense where like you think, oh, when I have X, Y, and Z, I'm going to be so happy and it's going to be so great, but it's kind oh, of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a letdown. See, that's why I love her. She's not, she, that's literally the focal point of what I was trying to remember. Um, yeah, the expectations, man, if, if we didn't have expectations as humans, that'd be great. Yeah, like, the ex- the expectations of, like, getting into a relationship. And, like, oh, I'll be so happy because I'll find that perfect person. You know, all that. And then, like, with music, like, me actually realizing, oh, my gosh, I'm making it happen. And, like, then, yeah, it was just kind of the realization, like, I took for granted a lot of the journey, I guess, with music. And then with the relationship and, like, dating Nicole, like... I expected to, like, be happy all the time or, like, I expected to, like, be fulfilled, I guess, in a way. Um, and, like, I I am. I guess I'm just trying to say in, like, a... Frick, I don't know. Well, no, like I, think, I think, like, a good point to make I with all of that... I haven't talked about this stuff in a while. Well, um, like, when you experience the highs that you do experience in this industry and, like, when you do make it at such a young age and you have all these things, like, it is... I don't know. Like it, it is, it, it, it's hard to make you happy. Like your no, exactly. like level of happiness exactly. is so high. You, you reach such a high of dopamine. Yeah. Bro. I w- I literally started crying when I was home in Florida, like a couple months ago. I, I think you might've saw me post it on my Instagram story. I was at the beach, right? I got back home from LA or wherever I was making music. And like, I was at the beach and like, I just wasn't happy and I couldn't have fun at the beach. And, like, all these families and all these people are having fun doing such a simple thing. Like, I can't do like, it. Oh, yeah, like, you did post. You said, like, I, like, I, I went to the simple that. times. Like, when I... Yeah, the simple yeah. times. Like, when I was just living, like, a normal life. Because it's yeah. not a normal life that, like, yeah. artists live. And so many of my artist friends swiped up. And they're like, bro, this is facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just really made really me, beautiful. like, wow. Like, I am not motivated to do these simple things anymore. And to, like... Or, like, it's so hard for me to enjoy these little things that I used to love so much. Yeah. And, yeah, that was, like, a hard thing for me for a while. Because, like, I'll literally go travel, do music in L.A., whatever, and I'll get home and I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. Because nothing's, like, fun to me. Like, other than just, like, 
because even just making music, like the process of writing a song is so thrilling. Like there's so many highs in music. It's like really, it's, it's just crazy to be like, in all honesty, like it's just wild. And then like getting up on stage, like let alone A-listers performing in front of like 50,000 people, maybe hundreds, a hundred thousand people. Like that's even wild. Like that high is probably insane. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just the next high, the next high, the next high. And, um, yeah, I mean, frankly, that, and that's why I believe so many artists are just sad well, all the time. People who are in your guys' position, like, you guys kind of miss those simple times and, like, oh, oh I wish gosh, I could have that. Yeah. But I then, miss like, the days when life was so simple. Yeah. But then people on the other end are looking at you guys, like, I wish I had that freedom. I'm so, like, I'm young. So I, I, like, I just don't have life experience like other mm-hmm. people. So when I say this, it's not like I've figured life out, but I, that's just life for so many people. It's just, Mm -hmm. you're chasing something and then you get it and it's not it, you know, it Mm -hmm. like satisfies you for a moment, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't fulfill that deep longing. And then like for so many people, like that's, I feel like that's life. Like it's just this constant, this constant chase. Like you're just chasing your own tail where, um, yeah. yeah, And it's just like, it's kind of, it's just fleeting. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next question. This question is kind of confusing, but if you're confused, ask and I'll, I'll explain. Have you ever felt more like a product than a human in this industry? How does that affect you? So what I mean by that is like, because people know that you guys, I mean, in the music industry, you can make a lot of money. So people know that. And so people take advantage of artists all the time. Like if they see that you're having success, if they see that you're having a moment, like, do you ever feel like you are literally just like an object in a store where people just want you for the value that you bring to them for the wrong reasons, rather than like, they just love you for you. Like, how do you navigate that in your relationships? How do you know when your relationships are genuine? How do you know, even when your business relationships are genuine, you know, like, how do you deal with that? Because a normal person doesn't really deal with that. When someone likes a person in the normal world, they like them usually for the right reasons, you know? So like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I can answer first. Uh, yes. I feel like that all the time. Um, also for me, like, I feel like that all the time now. And I'm not, you know, like think about someone like Adele or Justin, yeah. Bieber, like someone who has infinitely more success. Like they, they, I can't even imagine what they go through. Cause they probably have such a take Drake, for example, like everyone's trying to take a piece of him and mm-hmm. like, who does he really have there for, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine, but yeah, I feel like that all the time. Like, I certainly feel like that, like people. And again, I'm saying this all in the lens of like, I'm not an A-list celebrity. So like, I'm just trying to preface that. I'm saying it just for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I do feel that all the time. I always like, and it, and it totally, it directly correlates with like your success hundred percent. Cause I never felt like this when I first started making music, um, because there wasn't much like for people to kind of latch onto, but now I feel like, like like when I go home, um, like back to Michigan, I feel like that all the time, like people, people want to like be near success. They want to be near people that are successful in hopes that it rubs off on them. And it totally is just like pride and greed. Mm -hmm. But like, 
I, I feel that too. So like when I say that, like I have to check myself because mm-hmm. there's, when I'm around people who are, who are, you know, celebrities or people who are bigger than me, I have to check my heart and be like, man, am I just around them because right. I want a piece of them? So I'm not like exempt of feeling that way. So in that sense, like I have a little bit of empathy for, mm-hmm. for people who, who aren't in our shoes. Cause I, I get it. Like yeah. I get it. Like you, you want to succeed. Like you want to, you want to have like a higher, you want people to view you highly, right? oftentimes like more highly than you ought to be viewed. And um, so I get it. Like I totally get it. I 100% feel like that all the time when I come back home. It's always like people want to hang out or they want to do things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you, I, I really feel like you would never say that or want to hang out right. with me if I wasn't making music or living in LA. And, Absolutely. Um, and I certainly feel it here. Like I feel, I feel mm-hmm. it in Los Angeles more than, more than anywhere. Just because the the culture here is much more that it's much more. Yeah. Let's because because just the number of people here that have money and have success and have fame is way more than any other city. So like that's I think that's a big part of the culture in LA is like oh I just want to be in those circles. I want to be around people that are really successful in hopes that some of it rubs off on me and you really don't genuinely want the best for those people. Mm -hmm. And with that said, like, I can't imagine what it's like for, for people who are, you know, who are much bigger than us. And and I also like, I also get it and have empathy because like, that's kind of part of the human nature. Like, you you know, you you get starstruck. Like I even feel like for me, like I, as you guys know, I've dated two musicians, <laughs> so I've been very exposed to this world. But you know, like now, it's it's I don't see people any different, and when I meet people, it's like very normal. But when you're young, and you know, you you always look up to these people, and you see musicians and actors and all these things, and it's cool, like it's exciting, it feels like enticing, and so you know, yeah, I can see like y- you have empathy for people because it's like it's not out of necessarily a malicious place but at the same time like it's really hard to it's just naturally we're selfish and and, and we want the best for ourselves and totally like we i was at um i was at like this this party um in the summer and and there was someone who is like very well known and like very famous and has like tens of tens of millions of followers on different platforms and like this person was just standing next to me at this party and they just looked like they had never had any joy in their life and they mm-hmm. looked so miserable. And I was That's like, sad. and also they're just standing next to me. I'm like, wow, this is that person that yeah. I, I honestly always looked up to. And now I'm mm-hmm. just like, they, they're just a person and they're mm-hmm. so not happy. And yeah, I mean, it's what we were talking about earlier, but yeah, yeah, it's this constant rat race of like, we think something's going to make us happy and mm-hmm. and it's just fleeting. But it's just, I just always think about that for you guys in your perspective, like there's nothing better than being loved and known for you and like, and people just like really valuing you for your personality and, you know, the spirit that you bring to the room. And so not that people don't value that in you guys, but it is hard when you also bring something else to the table. And so it's like, okay, how do you separate? Does this person really just value me and what I bring as, as a human or, is their ulterior motives and do they even know you know so it's just like this yeah do you want to answer the question though david um we're sorry were you done with your answer hey yeah no yeah first thing that comes to mind was um friends that we've hung out with before um and 
like Nicole would notice or she would get upset because like they're so different around just her. And then they will be completely different when I'm around. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like maybe people expect you to to pay for things? That's that's like a minor scale, but I feel like that maybe when I go back home, sometimes I feel like oh, maybe it's just sure. in my head, but I kind of feel like people kind of expect me to to pay for them. Um, definitely, yeah. Sorry, that's kind of a weird one. I'm trying no, to. No, I mean that's relevant one. to the situation I feel like that's for a question sure. That's very relevant, but not many people ask that. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But also, but I do have like my best friend back home in Illinois, near Chicago. His name's Alex. I love him to death. He's awesome. I've been friends with him since first grade. Um, so we go really far back. And like, I mean, still still to this day, like I'll go home and like, I'm just like, oh, like I, I got it. Like I can pay for breakfast or whatever. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Like he does not expect anything. Yeah. And yeah. there's like other people who like don't know me. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I feel mm-hmm. like also maybe you, I mean, it's what we were, what I was saying earlier, but I feel like people just kind of linger around me who I just w- am not really friends with mm-hmm. or we're not that close, but they think we're closer than we are. Yeah. Be- I, if oh, it really feels true. weird to say this, cause it feels like it's come like no, pretentious to say, I don't no, mean it true. like that, but it just, it yeah. really feels like there's people that kind of just linger Yes. because be, just because it's I'm I'm different in the sense of like mm-hmm. I'm not married and have kids mm-hmm. and like in a picket mm-hmm. fence and ha- like back home because right. that's that's what most people do and like when you have an outlier like people they Gravitate. just linger around yeah. and it's like I'm not really friends with you well, but you just want a piece of me it yeah. feels like that no and I and I really wanted to talk about this because I feel like for you guys it's kind of uncomfortable being like, oh, like people use me and like people think I'm so cool. Like, obviously you don't want to sit there and say that because it's like weird. But from my end, like seeing you guys and experiencing that with David, like that is a real thing. Like people treat you differently when you have followers and when you have success and when you have money, like, and it frustrates me for you guys. Cause like when I see David get treated differently, I'm like, you better like David for David. And if you don't like David for David, like leave him alone. And, like, obviously you can value someone's art and their music, but it's just, like, I don't know. I just think that people are very manipulative, and there's a lot of bad that can happen and damage that can happen. And I don't know. Like, it's just not talked about, which, again, this this podcast is about, like, just talking about stuff that, yeah, like, totally. is maybe uncomfortable for people to hear. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's a real thing, and I don't think it's bad for you guys to admit that. Like, I know that it maybe seems like it's, like, you don't want to say that because it feels like kind of like you don't want people to assume that you think you're this or that but the reality is is that does happen people treat you differently and and that's a that's a hard thing to go through like oh well yeah that reminds me i because i i just lost another best friend like two months ago <laughs> yeah david's just losing best friends left and right out here yeah yeah he was and like I, i'm not just using that word like it's nothing like literally no these are people you've known like your yeah, whole life like this yeah. guy I just, we, like, literally, we don't talk anymore. We're not friends at all. Um, <laughs> like, I've known him, like, since, all, like, almost elementary school, like, but middle school is when we, like, we've known each other that long. It's kind of, same scenario. Like, true colors kind of showed, kind of started coming through, like, towards the end of the relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, he expected me to pay for everything for him. Um, and the thing is, is, like, I love paying for people. So it's not any, like, animosity at all. It's, like, I have no issue with it. 
but I have had arguments with him before, like where he expects it, and then like I've had to like check him where I'm like, yo, like you can't expect it because like I won't always do that, like. Which um, you do like ninety nine point nine percent of the time for most people, like. Like, you're very gracious to him. You've always been very gracious to him. Just towards the end of the relationship, it was just, I won't get into specifics because it's it's a very interesting story. story. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'd be here all night. But someone just, (laughs) someone using you, like. Yeah, so he was in a little pickle. Like, he was going through something in his life. And I was trying to help him. And I was trying to help him figure it out and, like, help him not, like, feel too much guilt from it, I guess, because eventually, like, he did and, like. I was, like, trying to help him a little bit and, like, um, just help him get out of this situation. It, it was a bad situation. Yeah. And then he he just, like, turned around on me. No, so essentially the way it happened is just, like, um, I asked to be removed from some posts just because of the situation that happened. And then he Because you didn't want to associate your, with, exactly, yeah. yourself with someone in their lifestyle. Yeah, because he doesn't exactly. support their lifestyle and exactly. all these things. And then... He, like, just totally didn't want to do that. And where I'll end it is just, it was only because, like, oh, well, I don't want to be friends then if we can't be seen together. And that, so he, and that he values David's social presence on his page a lot because it benefits him. Yeah. And then, Ultimately. like, I've had people, literally random people, like, never met in my life, literally, like, Oh, that's your friend. Like, he has all of his Tinder pictures with you. But yeah, I'll just end it there. Obviously, not. Gonna, yeah, it's it's it's, not a, it's a whole situation. But and then, um, yeah. So that was that was recently. So that, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And to we just like to just sometimes. kind of close this out, like I haven't seen in Hayes' personal life, but in David's personal life, I have seen people use him or try to use him. Um, and David's always very gracious and so humble, but, um, but yeah, that does happen. And that is something really you guys have to face, which to kind of close this out, I do have one question for you, Hayde. Mm-hmm. So obviously me and you, David, we started dating before you kind of had your big moment, which is cool. Um, cause you know that I actually love you for the right reasons, <laughs> but Hayde, how do you navigate that in dating? Like when you go on, <laughs> okay. Like, no, like seriously, like it hates single. Um, he did see a really cute girl at the grocery store and he didn't hit on her and I, I did told the other day. Him, <laughs> hit him up if you were at the grocery store. Um, but no, like genuinely, like when you meet someone new that you don't know from your past and you don't know their intentions and you're dating, like, how do you navigate that? How, how do you, is it just your intuition sensing this person's genuine? Like, how do you deal with that? Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I don't like, I, it feels weird kind of answering it. Cause again, to preface, like I'm not, I'm aware of like, of where I'm at and who I am. And I know I'm, I'm like, I'm not this, uh, like a list celebrity. So again, I don't want any of this to come across pretentiously. I don't have an answer to be honest. With you. Like I don't have an answer in the sense of like, I, I don't have an answer to, when I, I haven't dated someone in, in a really yeah. long time, you know, the last girl I did was like, I don't even remember, like three or four years ago, yeah. you know? So like ever since I've been doing music full time, mm-hmm. I really haven't like dated anyone. Gotcha. And like, I've gone on two dates <laughs> to last like four years, mm. but I'm fine. Like I'm yeah. not, you know, like I, I, 
I really, I don't need that right now to make me happy, but it is, I do notice, I just, it's, it makes me uncomfortable to say this, but I'll just say it. It's but okay, like we're people, getting deep. This is no, elephants no, in the No, I know, I just feel, I just feel yeah. like, like, uh, no, that's, that's a deep question, but yeah. it's not, it's not like that, but this is what happens every time. Like it really does. Um, I'll be talking to someone who's like not in the industry and just doesn't, doesn't, you know, understand like the music industry or the film industry or anything mm-hmm. like that. You're just talking to someone, whether they're a college student, whatever. This is exactly how it goes every single time. Oh, what's your name? I was like, oh, I'm Hayden. And then like always just in the conversation, just naturally when you're conversating with someone, it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I always just say, I make music. That's mm-hmm. I always say that. And then the next question without fail is always, what type of music do you make? And then also it's, it's, oh, do you have music on Spotify? It's always those questions. Mm-hmm. And then they always look you up and then they see like that you like have like numbers. Stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like see that like, okay, you're not just like, you know, making music in your on room. the side yeah, of the yeah, street. Yeah. It's like, okay, like you actually have fans. Right. And, like, right. Um, and every, every single time I say every single time, like it happens, like every, like it doesn't happen all that. Like mm-hmm. it really doesn't happen all that much. I see it every time because then mm-hmm. they look you up and then their face changes and it's always just like, like I, a, a switch I physically felt I feel like I'm treated different mm-hmm. after that like mm-hmm. all the time Amen, and this happened brother. no this literally <laughs> happened like I was telling you guys uh um I think I was telling you guys this the but girl this was, yeah this was yeah, really yeah, happened yeah. the other day where like I'm with I was with the guys Wait, from our this. well I was with like some of the guys from our house church having dinner and oh. we were just having dinner and I went to use the restroom. And then when I come back, there's just two girls in the house. Mm-hmm. And basically like uh, Ivan, that's the guy whose house we were at. Like these were his neighbors, right? And she was having mm. like some lung problems. So I was just like, hey, can we like pray for you? Is that fine? And they're like, oh yeah, like we'd love prayer. So anyway, so that's why. So these two girls come in. I've never met them in my life. And so like all, all, all the guys pray for them. And then... And then they just stay and they start conversating. So I'm sitting next to them on the couch and they're like, so what do you do? And it's the same conversation. It's Mm -hmm. like, I make music, I play it for them. They Mm -hmm. look me up and then showing me like all this attention. I, it's, (laughs) it feels weird to say this because I'm not like, I'm just not, I'm just not Justin Bieber and I'm not like, but. To, I say it happens a lot, like it, it does happen a lot, like no, for me, but it's not like happens a lot. No, but to the average person, yeah. hey, like even if you're not Justin Bieber level, to an average person, if anyone has any level, like you're here in LA <clears throat> experiencing super, super successful people, but to the average person, you guys are both very successful people. Sure. So, you know. I know totally. it's all about it perspective. Happens, and- it, so like it happens with like friends too, like yeah. in a platonic relationship as well. Like not just girls who, who um like maybe potentially are into me. It's like, it happens with yeah. anyone too back home. It's mm-hmm. just like, what do you do? It's like, oh, I make music. And it's like, oh wow, you like actually make music. Mm-hmm. And I really do feel like I'm treated differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really hard to navigate. And I was joking with my friends because I'm like, I, when I go back home and I go places, I want to just like make something up. Like I want to say I'm a like ba- a fake scenario. Like I like work I just, at a grocery yeah, store. Yeah, like I want to say like I'm a baker or something. <laughs> yeah. Even though like I I literally don't know how to bake anything. Like I've never even made Someone cookies in my life. I don't know how, how to bake, bake it. Ladies, um, hit him up in the DMs. Yeah, teach him how to bake. <laughs> I I can make homemade pizzas. That's about all. And, and eggs. Yes. That's about all I can make. Anyway, so I was just like, oh, maybe I should just like come up with something. But then I'm like, no, I don't want to lie. So it's kind of like this weird thing where like I don't really know because yeah. I do. I envy that like. um with you guys, like, 
like you know that Nicole loves you because of you and not just because you've seen success yeah, in music really or hard. because you have money or things like that. But, and I like, I just can't relate to that. Like I yeah. envy that because I'm like, oh man, like wouldn't it be nice like if I just had a girlfriend that I like loved and that like I wanted to be with forever and we've we've been together. Like I just don't have that. And that's probably also why I like don't go on that many dates mm-hmm. just because like it's just not maybe as appealing to yeah. me. Um to, to do that. Bro's a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So there you go. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, I just want to yeah. ask you that question from your perspective. No, I appreciate that question. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's like makes me uncomfortable answering it, but yeah. yes, I totally, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel Yeah, that right. was really good though, the answer. Yeah, yeah sorry, David. I, you can't, yeah, you I can't, can't ask you the same question. question. Yeah, wait, what? Well, well, just the question was like in regards to dating, like oh, being yeah. treated differently, like by, <laughs> by females. But I mean, you did experience that, David, with social media, because you did have a social media following before me, like with girls on the internet. Like, you know, you probably experienced guess, girls yeah. in your hometown. You get, this is just I, like. I guess I could talk about like. I don't know, girls acting different. But again, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just have a I question. See, I don't even want to talk about that because I. It you don't have to. Like... I just want to ask, like, do, do you get. Um, this is like. You have a girlfriend. I feel like if anyone were to see your page, you know, like, they know that you and Nicole are dating because you just have, <laughs> you like, so, so much picture. Uh But, like, do you have a lot of girls sliding your DMs? Oh, yeah. Really? You yeah. know, no, but I've never asked like, you that. Oh, yeah. Every no, day, bro. no, let me just say no, this. Like, a good amount. Like, yeah. People, yeah, just like. Okay, but let me just say this just to be the crazy girlfriend. That's one thing that drives me nuts about girls sliding into his DMs is it's like, as a girl, because David will always say to me, oh, well, maybe they don't know I have a girlfriend. I'm like, David, are you dumb? Girls stalk your entire page before they DM you. Like, they know. But, yeah, no, like, they know. And, like, it's fine, but it's just, like, that's what's sad to me is that fame does that. Like, most people have good enough character that they wouldn't ever go after a guy who has is in a relationship, but when there's fame involved, it changes. And so it's sad that because of that, people are like, well, just because that's that factor, I'm going to slide in his DMs anyways because it's worth the risk. But it's like, I can guarantee you that if those girls saw us in public... just a smoke show, bro. He's pretty... Yeah. But yeah, no, (laughs) but I'm just saying, like, any girls watching this, please back me up. Like, girls know. Like, we're not dumb. And so David would be like, oh, they don't know. I'm like, they know. But you know, it's fine. But I'm just saying, it's crazy how, like, fame and followers changes that for people. That's that's all I'm saying. But did you feel like that when you had success on TikTok? Like, when you would talk to people, like, girls from your hometown, maybe, that knew you in high school? And then you kind of... Oh, my gosh. I just experienced that. When I was... When I was home, um, I was with Patrick for oh, yeah. uh, that Christmas weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I went back home to Chicago with my family for a bit, like December 22nd or something, right before Christmas. Back in my hometown, I was with my best friends. And then while I was there, we were hanging out one day. And then he's like, hey, um, so-and-so is having a party. Um, like, you know, all these people are going to be there from high school that we all grew up with. And I was like, yeah, it's not, it's it 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 was like um it was like all of our friends and then all of their parents because like, you know I like we were all pretty intertwined whatever anyway so we go to the party really cool Christmas party, um, and yeah like I see these girls I haven't seen since like middle school like that's how long I've known them like oh hi it's so nice to see you whatever and like, um yeah and then we start talking about like you know social media like same thing with hey like, oh you know, um what are you working on right now? Or how is this doing? Or how is that doing? And then like, kind of, they look up whatever. And then they, you kind of like feel the change and like, um, totally. 
Yeah, and it's like it's sad because then I remember like those kids, like I never was close with them growing up. It was I was talking to Hate about this. Like me and Hate were the kids in high school, like we would never hang out with that group that would like always drink or like, you know, they would experiment with drugs, whatever. Like, you know, I'm sure if you're watching this, like you you know that group in high school, if you're in high school or whatever, like um, like they would they like they would talk bad about me, like they would bully me, like I was a really skinny kid, like they would just say mean stuff. And then they just like treated me there as like as if they've known me so well, like, you know, this like whole time and like yeah, like nothing bad was said, but it just shows it's like if I wasn't in the position I'm in and I showed up at that party, it's like would they really care? It's I just ingenuine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I was gonna say like um because uh, in high school, I also got made fun of a lot for the music I made. And it was like, it was really cringy, like the music I was making in high school. But they would play it like before soccer warm ups, before games and basketball games, like to that extent, like they really made fun oh, of me. Wow. No way. That's no, crazy. Seriously. That's a whole, that's like a I whole other story. I thought they were playing it in a good way, like to no. hype you up. Like- no, I, I like, I do have a story of like a girl I broke up with. Okay, I will. I'll, okay. Get in. Okay. We're doing this. <laughs> I was dating someone, and um, and it was my first girlfriend ever. It was it was really not like uh, I don't want to say anything bad. It just was a toxic relationship, and I was like sixteen. We broke up, and her she had a younger brother who was my age because mm-hmm. she was a year older than me, and so he went to our rival school. But we like I thought we were still friends because. We were on the same club soccer team, like outside of school. So like we were still friends, even mm-hmm. though his sister and I broke up. Uh, uh, and so like before we played this this school in in soccer, like during the warm ups, like the state, like not the stadium, <laughs> but like you know it's packed, like everyone's mm-hmm. there. They just start playing only my music for warm ups. That's and it's crazy. like all my slow songs. I mean, not a lot of my songs are yeah. slow, but. You know, it's like all these slow songs and everyone's like, it's just so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was to that extent. So they were playing Dang. my music. Um, People are brutal. No, I mean, looking back, it's pretty funny. Like, it actually is so funny. Yeah, that, but as a kid, like, so you were probably mean. like traumatized. I know it's so mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after I would like, I, I checked on SoundCloud. I would get like a hundred more streams. I was like, oh. You're like, like let's, let's go. go. Money but, in the bank. Yeah. No, but it like looking like looking back it that's actually hilarious yeah um <laughs> but yeah i mean it was really mean um so yeah i got made fun of but my point was that like the, i i came home um i went home a few weeks ago for christmas and i saw some of those same guys who made fun of me and i haven't talked to them in years and they were just like gassing me up just mm, like and now they're, com- they're they're like commenting <laughs> on all my uh music i post and tease on instagram and dm they're just like this is so good and i was like well you didn't say that like, <laughs> you're when, like well you used to make fun of me you didn't say that like, in high school but anyway that's the story i wanted no, to that's keep perfect. it i wanted to keep it brief okay sweet well let's okay this is kind of the last question about like social media stuff um but real, oh, real yes. quick so sorry is brent over there He's sleeping. Uh, I texted Brent like 30 minutes ago. Oh. Like, can I get some more water? Oh, and, uh, Sterling. Is that okay, Sterling? <laughs> Thank you. Bro, this Sterling man is our like, assistant, sorry. guys. We love this Sterling. This man drinks like so No, I do. You guys know. Didn't you drink like So you know this. When we went to Alimento, I drank like literally four <laughs> gallons of that water. Like it was yeah, didn't so much. I know. Yeah. It's like $20 worth of water. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, bad. I down water. I oh, drink th- so I'm much good. water. The water is right in there, Sterling. If you go through that door, 
thank you so much. I really Every appreciate it. I think of you. I want <laughs> to be a baby. Get, get, girl. <laughs> singing intermission right? yes all right, david thank you sorry um Thanks, sterling Sarah. you're the best we love you anyways all right guys here's my last question about social media how do you deal with the highs and lows of social media and how does that affect your creative process when you are constantly putting your art into the world to be judged and critiqued so obviously you guys have highlights where you put out a song it does really well people are like i love this what about those times when you put out a song that you love that means a lot to you and people just it doesn't perform well people don't comment nice things like how does that affect you as a person because I would die like I would be like oh my gosh like that's so hard so like how do you deal with the lows oh David's like shut up Nicole you're too am I too close to the mic yeah okay yeah sorry (laughs) Sorry. you're fine Nicole you're actually just totally fine that's a great question um it sucks it definitely sucks uh I don't I I certainly don't have an answer if someone does have an answer I would love to hear it Kate Bush running up on that hill what? Yep, that's a good song. Kate Bush's um, song on Stranger Things. Okay, I get what you're saying. Song. I get what you're saying. Okay, I and understand then, what you're saying. I'm just saying as far as like the number aspect. Yeah, if that, no, I get if what you're saying. Somebody wants that number ask. aspect. I'm saying like 100. I agree. I'm saying as far as social media and stuff, it's uh, I I don't fully know how to navigate that because mm-hmm. like th- there's kind of the highs and lows of like yeah like there's highs when you're posting like a reel or a TikTok and it's doing really well. Yeah. And then, but also I, I like in December, I had to delete social media for a month just to like, I felt like I was just spending so much time on yeah. it. So I, if anyone knows how, like a very healthy way to, well, that's, that's like, a good tip is to kind of remove it for a moment. Like if you yeah. need to, you well, know, I, yeah. I think that's healthy. Totally. I think as far as like the art, uh, I think, I'm learning and I've learned a little bit that I don't really care as much as I used to, mm-hmm. like maybe a couple of years ago where like, I just, you just got to make music and you got to create art that you love doing. Mm-hmm. And like, I think sometimes, uh, they got to a point for me where like, I lost the joy that I had when I was first making music because it became a job and because I'm putting all this pressure on my six on, on myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like I lost the joy and, and I forget why I made music in the first place, yeah. you know? And I, you know, I started making music cause like I, that it helped me heal. And I loved making music. Mm-hmm. Like I just love it. I love how it, different people, it can relate in different ways. And it just really speaks to someone's soul in, in ways that words and other, and a lot of things just can't. So, um, yeah, I feel like the last couple of years I've been learning that you just got to make music and art that you love to make. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get a lot of streams, that's okay. Like you can still right. be proud of something like that. And it, like you said, an extreme example, like running up that hill was, mm-hmm. you know, for like 50 years, it was like, no one knew what that song and now it's the biggest song in the world. And like, even, even me, like on a pers- personal level, like head in the clouds is one, it's like my biggest song of all time now. And like when I, when I sent it to, to the label and my manager, they didn't like that song. Wow. Like they just didn't. And I was like, this is the single, like, and they were like, I don't think that's a single that should just be an EP track. And I was like, well, I really like, it means a lot to me. Cause I wrote it about my best friend and we, we drifted apart. Like it has a lot of sentimental value to me. 
and meaning. And they're like, it's just, we don't think it's like your best song. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of stuck up for myself when I was like, this is going to be the single because I really believe in the song. And even if it doesn't do well, like that's okay. Yeah. And like, that's my biggest, like, it's not even close, like globally to like, that's my biggest song. And it was the thing where like, I put it out and it didn't get that many streams. Mm -hmm. And at first they're like, we told you, but then it was literally like, and now well, it, it came was, out a year and a half ago. It's getting more streams now than it ever has. And that's it's crazy. like, it's just, it just goes to show like yeah. the in, quality of the music matters. Yeah, and there's no guarantee. Like yeah. in, yep. truthfully, I think even if I, even if that song tanked and, and did like, you know, like a million streams, I still, it means so much to me and yeah. I still love that song. But yeah, it is very like fulfilling because, uh, and maybe that's the reason why, like maybe it was that song where it's that mindset sh- switched for me where I like making, I really believe you just put out art that you love and you believe in. And if no one sees that right away or it never sees the light of day, that's okay. Because Mm -hmm. like even, even, I mean, really, even if one person, like it really like touches them and speaks Mm -hmm. to their soul, like it really is worth it. Like, um, so social media, I have, it's just highs and lows Mm -hmm. and I have no idea how to navigate that. Um, I just try to like make like cool content and art that I think is cool that like fits the aesthetic of the songs. But as far as the creative process, yeah, you just, you can't chase, in my opinion, you just can't chase virality or like write songs just Mm -hmm. with the thought of, Oh, it's going to be big on TikTok. Like I actually just, I despise when, when people do that. Sometimes I think Mm -hmm. you should just make music that's original to you. And that means a lot. And, uh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's cool. That's a really cool perspective. You said you don't know how to deal with it, but I feel like everything you said is like good ways to deal with it. So thanks. Yeah, I yeah, just, that's good. It's just highs and lows. Yeah, and I no, just that's amazing. That's maybe just the nature of it, and there's no way around that. It's but like, I feel like accepting that and just valuing your your work and like if it means a lot to you, you're gonna put it out regardless. And so that's just a cool perspective. What about you, David? You, I know you agree with everything Hayde said, but do you have anything to add? onto that like with the highs and lows of social media um can you repeat the full question yeah um, I'm, I'm slow oh no you're not slow you're good <laughs> just tired um no i'm slow brother i was in like algebra <laughs> one as a senior <laughs> how do you deal with the highs and lows of social media and how does that affect your creative process when you are constantly putting your art mm, out into the okay. world yeah i definitely started feeling that like after I released Miserable Man, um, that was like the most I felt it, like those couple months after and like, um, or well, yeah, just after Miserable and Mr. Forgettable and then like putting those songs out and like doing really well in like a very fast amount of time. Everything after that last year, um, um, yeah, it's definitely like, it's definitely just the modern technological world we live in like you know you kind of attach to you you attach your art to like the numbers you see on your tiktok or your instagram and you know uh the the amount of people that are using your song in their own videos and creating their own creations Mm -hmm. to it like and like if if you don't see that then like it's a terrible song and it's not good like and like me and Hayden can attest like we have a lot of friends who do like still think like that and I think every artist kind of goes through that and they realize you know they come back to like where why they make music totally and that's what kind of heals that because like that mindset 
it's so toxic, bro. Yeah. yeah. It creates so much stress, so much unhappiness, like, and, um, it, it, it really puts you out of the, the whole purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just the realization of like, it's such a fleeting thing, like how Hade's been saying, like, and then you, you just realize you just need to keep making stuff that you believe in and that you think is good and that you really love and like meaningful art and um and then you know in hopes that at least one one other person can attach to it the way that you did when you were creating it and um if it has a moment it has a moment if it doesn't it doesn't but then it could have a moment in a year or two like hit song you know like um, I mean, I had a moment when it came out. But, no, but um, I, I love what you said about... I'm um, just saying, like, it could even just... It, it, it could have an even bigger moment in a year. Like, like the whole Stranger Things example that I gave. Kate Bush is, like, this really old artist. Um, and her song's on the biggest show in the world now. Um, yeah, and that's just kind of... I was, I, I was just like, all right, David, like, you can't... You, you can't compare... Because it's really easy to compare yourself, you know, to your songs that did really well. And then you're posting other songs you make and, you know, like, oh, it didn't get, didn't blow up, didn't get, it didn't get 10,000 likes, it didn't get, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and you're like, so what? Like, I love this song. Like, yeah. and I have people that message me about that song, even though it's not, you know, my biggest song or um, it's like more of a low, lower performing song. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you love it and you, and and you believe in it. Yeah, I think that's just kind of why. That's what matters. Totally. I found, too, yeah. what's helpful is, like, f- for me, I was sharing at the beginning of when we started this conversation. I was in a really low place last summer. And honestly, something that helped me come back to, I think I also just lost sight of why I like making music. And it became about numbers and all this stuff. But something that really helped me is when I went to Asia in last autumn. Because... That revived my love, like mm-hmm. for why I make music. Because now I was on the other side of the world, and I made all these songs in my bedroom. And no one in these countries can speak any English. Like I would, we'd do meet and greets, and like they just they know how to say hello, and that's it. Like a lot of the, I'm generalizing, of course, mm-hmm. but like these people don't know how to speak English. They sing my songs back to me in perfect English, like every single that's one. Crazy. And when I was like. But when I was there, that revived my love for making mm-hmm. music. And it reminded me why I make music is because like, you know, even if it doesn't get a billion streams, like I write a song in my bedroom because there's like, you know, there's a 15 year old girl in Thailand by herself who's depressed and yeah. like feels like she's all alone, but she can listen to a song and, and, and she can know that like, she's not alone, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so, yeah, I feel like that's a big thing for artists is, like, when they actually play shows and, like, people singing back their songs. You experience like the that real re- people behind. Yeah, like, like, that really does, like, revive, and that's yeah. kind of your lifeline for keeping that love, I feel mm-hmm. like, that you that you originally that's very cool. have when you start making an art. This is going to be such a good episode. This is just cool because this stuff isn't talked about. So, I don't know, I feel like normally you go on interviews and it's like, you just, so it's cool. Like, I feel like people are going to really appreciate your guys' It's cool, like, it'll be fun. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think it'll be fun in a few years, maybe going on, like, a podcast back. to look back, be like, where we are now, to maybe yeah. what, who knows where we'll be in three right. years. And 
Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, we kind of talked a little bit about like music. Well, we talked a lot of bit about music, which is good. <laughs> um, but we're going to get into some personal stuff a little bit. So what means the most to you guys in this life? We'll start with hate. That's a good question. What means the most to me in this life? Um, definitely my faith uh, in Christ. Uh, I feel like I would have to share part of my story to answer that question. Absolutely. Go ahead. So I grew up... Um, I grew up going to church. I grew up in West Michigan. It's the Bible Belt of the Midwest. So, um, you know, like you go to church and you're very well-versed in all the passages. And um, and I'm really grateful that I was raised that way. Uh, but anyway, I I was just, I'm such a people pleaser. I, and mm-hmm. I was as a kid, I'm such, I was such a people pleaser. I found so much worth in how other people saw me. And that was every aspect of my life. That was sports growing up. That was grades. Like that was um, music, like anything. I just, I wanted, I found so much worth in how people saw me. And it was so, it just was so burdensome because Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course I wasn't fulfilled by that, you know? Um, And, you know, there's moments I feel like where, you know, maybe God humbled me a little bit, like in elementary school. And then, but it like climaxed in high school to where I, there was a season where I really, I truthfully had like everything going for me where I was leading. I was like a worship leader at this Omega church in, in Michigan, like our soccer team in high school was number one in the state undefeated. Like I was in my first relationship and it was really toxic, but I didn't. You know, like at the time I was like on cloud nine because I'm mm-hmm. like a girl likes me. Uh, I was like one of the top <laughs> in my class. No, you know, but like I, I like there was a season where like truthfully. Yeah, everything like, was going everything right was for going you. for me. No, and, 100%. Then, and then um, I got sick. Like I feel like within a moment, God took all those things away from me because um, I got sick and I was in the hospital. And like, I couldn't see my girlfriend. I couldn't play sports. I couldn't lead worship and everything was kind of taken from me like very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, it, God just humbled me. Like he just really, I felt like I just got my eyes open to realize like, man, these things just don't matter. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't find my worth and how other people see me. Mm-hmm. I can't cause it's just not fulfilling. And, Absolutely. um, but I know that a lot of people relate to that. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, are, are people pleasers at heart. And, and that's like, you know, it's really tough. So anyway, that was like, that was like junior year. Um, and so I really feel like that was like a really pivotal moment in my spiritual journey because, um, yeah, I just felt like I had, I built kind of all these foundations that like Hayden, like my name that I was standing upon, And then like, they all just kind of crumbled. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, like, who really am I? What really does matter? Right. And so there was a season, it was during that season when I was a junior, I, I, uh, just locked myself, like I didn't actually lock myself in my room, but I locked myself in my room for like three months. And every day I would just like pray and I would just read the Bible and, and growing up, you know, like 
growing up in certain church circles or any religion, maybe for that matter, like you grow up with these paradigms. So like you don't even, and you can probably relate to this, like growing up Mormon, like Mm -hmm. you, you grow up and you don't understand that, like you are seeing the world through a specific lens and worldview because that's all, you know. So Mm -hmm. like, and that goes for everyone. Like you, you grow up and you have paradigms that you don't understand that you have and you need someone else to like you need to conversate with other people to realize like whoa like it opens your eyes you're like yeah like I I was in a bubble like even Mm -hmm. in Michigan like I was in a bubble where like everyone was a Christian and like Mm -hmm. they weren't but like they wore that label if you could describe Mormons and like you that's exactly how I would describe it and so like for me those three months was so pivotal for like me as a person and me spiritually because I felt like everything I was taught like I just somehow was able to throw out the window and when I was reading the Bible it felt like I was reading it for the first time and just Mm -hmm. like coming before it like just so sincerely and curious not like I don't have any of the answers like even though I've read these stories so many times and just praying too I would just pray like in my closet to God every night and I felt like um, I felt like every night there was just so many, there's so many, uh, it felt like I'll use an analogy. It felt like there's so many ropes and like belts tied around me. And I never really felt like that. I never Mm -hmm. really felt that joy and freedom that like people, Mm -hmm. I feel like some people have when they talk about religion and faith. Mm -hmm. Like I never really had that. Like I had highs going to camps and then lows and it was always highs and lows. And I felt like I never fully had that freedom. And truly like those three months changed my life. Cause I felt like every single time I was praying to God and every time I was reading the Bible, like more and more of these things that I placed my worth in just kind of like broke Unraveled. off me. Yeah. And it really got to a point where it just, it really was a moment. Like I was in a bagel shop. It's called, it's a store called Brooklyn bagels in West Michigan. And it like, it just clicked where mm-hmm. I just understood like, man, like I really felt like I understood the gospel for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I understood like, um, man, this world is so, you know, this world is really broken mm-hmm. and like it, that's so apparent to see. And, um, people try to get out of that brokenness all different ways. Like for me, I tried to get out with toxic relationships. I tried to get out with music. I tried to get out with sports, like, mm-hmm. and other people try to get out with, you know, like anything, drugs, like religion itself, yeah. like being a good person is like a huge thing now. Absolutely. So like, I, like the world's broken and people experience brokenness, but it wasn't always like that. Like at the beginning it was, it was good. Like we had a right relationship with God and, and people, like we chose our own way rather than living like in union with God. And mm-hmm. like, that's what I would call sin is like, we disobeyed God. And like, because of that, the curse of sin is that like, everyone's going to die one day. Like the wages mm-hmm. of sin is death is is a passage in Romans in the Bible. And so like, that's why there's brokenness. Like mm-hmm. all of us are just so selfish and so, so sinful and, yeah. and, and like broken and, um, And the truth is like, none of those things satisfy. And I can attest like in my life and I would never force this belief on anyone because everyone has, you know, their own beliefs. Um, But like the the only way that will really satisfy you is Christ. And God loved us so much that like he made a doorway out by coming to earth and, and living a perfect life where we all fell short and we all deserve death. Like Christ actually lived a perfect life. Uh, And he died and he didn't stay dead because like only sinners die. 
but he didn't sin, you know? So like Mm -hmm. he rose again and now he's our door out. And if we submit our lives to him, uh, like God forgives us of Mm -hmm. everything that we've done. Like we're adopted into a new family, like, and God empowers us. Like he gives us his spirit, uh, so that we're not alone and that we can actually like look more like Jesus and he's going to come back one day, you know? So anyway, Mm -hmm. not to like go off on like a super spiritual tangent, but I feel like that, it just clicked like that truth, like clicked. And I understood like, that's the most important thing in my life. Like Mm -hmm. the gospel, what I just shared with Mm -hmm. you and like music is great and it's doing well and it's working out, but like, that's just my occupation, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's just my job. That's not my purpose. My purpose is not to make music, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyway, that is like my faith really is the most important thing to me. Also because it's been like my anchor when I felt like I had no one. Because mm-hmm. I was sharing earlier, like in the summer, I just felt so alone. Yeah. And I felt like I had no one. And on it, and I was saying too, like even when I was praying, like I felt like I wasn't even hearing God. Yeah. Like I just felt so alone. And um, but I just like I know I'm not alone. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like it's just my anchor when I had nothing else and um, the last thing I'll say is like this quick story that it's like my favorite quote of all time, but, uh, there's a song called, um, even when he is silent, it's a, it's a, a choral song. So I sang it for choir when I was in high school, mm. but basically it's this beautiful song. But the story behind the song is like during world war two, you have these concentration camps, you know, like all these Jews are getting murdered, like horribly, you know, and, at one of the worst concentration camps, there was written on the wall. It says, um, I believe in the sun, even when it's not shining. I believe in love, even when I feel it not. I believe in God, even when he is silent. And this is someone who's about to be murdered, you know, like wow. at a country, concentration camp. And they wrote that on the wall. And basically someone took those lyrics and made it a song. That's the backstory behind the song. And I share that because like, that is my, I love that quote. And that's my take as well. Like, even when the sun's not shining, I still believe it's there. And even when, even if God is silent, I still believe he's there. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't feel love and I feel lonely, like I know it's still there. Um, anyway, I didn't, I don't mean for this to sound preachy, but so I I definitely would say like my faith in, in Jesus is, is for sure the most important thing to me. Um, because I no longer, before I found worth in all these other things. And now mm-hmm. I don't, I only find worth in how Jesus sees me and that brings me peace and that brings me true joy. And I finally, I do feel that freedom mm-hmm. that I've never felt. It doesn't mean my life's easy. Like, right. it, it, like honestly, like when I started following Jesus, like really, like actually my life got way harder. I agree. But it's just like, you just have this peace and you mm-hmm. have this, I don't know how to explain it. You really do just have this peace that, nothing else can give you. Mm-hmm. That was Amen. a long answer. No, that's amazing. But, that was yeah. very special. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. that I know that's, I know that's hard to share that stuff. Um, but yeah, I loved it. No, it's good. So. Thanks for asking. David, what about you, I Mr. David Kushner? Here, I'll get you water, Hayden, then we'll carry on. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Of course. All right, David, it's just us. We go, go, go. Hello, everyone. I don't know what to say. I'm going to change. Thank you. But I swear I'm the same. Could you show me that I'm You don't know the lyrics, do you? But it hurts along the way. Mm. Okay. 
Drifting through the ocean. That's not the lyric. Learning how to pretend that everything is afloat. Wow. Standing ovation. Yep. Um, should have wrote. Those should have been. David Kushner. Kush Poppy. Water. Yeah, Kush Poppy. What's the most important thing to you in life? <sighs> Alright, David. Okay. The most important thing to me is also my faith. Copycat. You can't say that. You well, have to say it different. Because I'm, Nate, kidding, like, I'm kidding. Nate, like already answered it. For but me. I, feel bad. I am answering way. these questions, so I do feel bad. I feel like I'm. I'm no, answering your own way, David. Yeah. Stealing David's thunder. Share your faith. Yeah, the most important thing to me is my faith. Yeah, I would say it's the most important to me because I I, I believe Jesus is the embodiment of love and what He did for us. And there's no other thing or event or person in history that has ever done and said what Jesus did to ever convince me that that um, is the the objective truth in in life. Yeah, just the way he lived. Yeah, the way he lived is just so significant. I believe like if you choose to not involve God in your life and you choose to believe that he's not there... I don't know. It's just, it seems like a very hedonistic life and it's a very selfish, I mean, it's not a self, like I'm not calling that individual selfish. Like they could be a very selfless person. I'm just saying at that point, um, there's no objective meaning to life. Yeah. Like if life's just, there's only subjective meaning. It's just whatever you make it to be is the meaning because when you die, you know, there's nothing and it's just whatever is here now you kind of you kind of are god until you you know are just gone forever and yeah to me that's just a very like selfish way because you believe there's nothing anyway and um i don't know i feel like you could just really get pushed to the edge in a lot of things that can be harmful to your life um can you take us back, David? Like, so obviously you believe in the Lord, you know, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Bible, but yep. where did your faith begin? Like, why is it the most important thing in your life? Like, why do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, like I was kind of raised Christian, but like not really. Like my mom would take us to church here and there, but we never got taught anything in depth. Um, and that's about it. So, yeah, it's not, like, some crazy religious background other than just, like, oh, like, you know, I believe God's real because my mommy told me or something, you know, like, there's a God that loves me and died for me, and that's about it. Um, But never understood Christ and what he did on the cross and just the story. I didn't know anything. Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it earlier. It was when I started social media, and I was kind of— feeling all this greed of like power and numbers and followers and like getting very greedy but then just having this weird crisis randomly out of nowhere just doubting like well is god there though because if he's not i want to do whatever the hell i want like that's kind of the that's that was like the essence of like that time when i was you know not sleeping i was panic attacks when i wake up like literally if i lift my head from my pillow, like, I'll start having panic attacks. Like, it was that bad. Yeah, and just really, really taking the time to pursue God, and if there is a God. I was that kind of person that believed in God, like, 
oh, just be a good person and but never never understanding that you could actually have a relationship with him and you could like personally know this God. And um, yeah, and then I learned the story of when he came to meet us in our sin, the story of Jesus, because he came as God. And um, yeah, and it, it was hard. Like it's, it was definitely hard kind of taking that leap of like, I mean, if there is a God, like I want to know, like that changes everything. That's the most important question of life. If that's, if there's any capacity for that being true. And I really just put my head down and I, and I just started praying to God. Like it's as simple as that. And people overcomplicate it so much. Hmm. And I just started praying to God. I started reading, reading the word and just learning about Christian history and like learning about, you know, the origins of Christianity and like just the historical evidence and like all the data we have of it. And like, um, yeah, it, it, it was just over time. It was just like, you know, God revealing himself to me. And that's what mm-hmm. I would pray for all the time. And I'm sure many, many, every Christian has said that, you know, in their journey. Um, yeah. And it was just like, so real. And it was just like, like, there's nothing I would want to believe in than this. Like, this is, this is, so good and it's such a good thing um and um yeah and just the things that like jesus offers jesus can offer freedom of so many things like depression and you know drug addiction and whatever it may be that you know humans struggle with all the time like um you know lack of purpose like all of those things um and it's not even like a crutch it's like he gives you actual actual purpose it's not like oh it just makes me feel comfortable like oh like i'm just gonna say i believe in jesus it gives me comfort and just knowing i believe in something it's like no like when you actually look into his life and what he says about you and what your purpose is you're like whoa like it's literally just like a story of redemption of all this suffering and evil Mm -hmm an evil that we see in the world. Um, And yeah, it was just over time. Like, I don't have that interesting of a story. It was just over time. Like, I'm just like, dang, man, like I'm going to choose to believe that God's there and that he is there. Um, Because quite frankly, like the evidence is so much more for there being a God than not. And totally. It's yeah, you, you I mean, you did spend a lot of time like during your faith crisis. Sorry to cut you off, but mm. you spent a ton of time reading books, testing your faith, reading his like history about oh. the Bible. Like David, like David really tested the, his faith because, you know, yeah. you wanted to know if there was a God. And so you, you did seek him with your whole heart and you really like gave God a chance. And you were like, if you're, you know, real yeah. and you're there, reveal yourself. But David is exactly. extremely knowledgeable. And he he knows a lot. Yeah, ask. David is, you are really He's very knowledgeable about his faith. I'm kind of knowledgeable. No, I don't know. I, mean, I always see you, know you like, I always see you, uh, like apologetics books, like yeah. lying around. Yeah, I was like, yeah oh, he, David. no, David went he through a whole period where he, he read I mean, when he was going through his, like, when he was very anxious, he, he couldn't even drive. Like, he went through a really hard time in his life. And during that time was when he, you know, started to develop a relationship with Jesus. But David is very much like a logical 
person. And so he likes having fact and evidence. And so he really, he put in the work to, you know, see, is God real? And like he's saying, there's a lot more evidence for God being real than not. And obviously there's also yeah, a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. And it's just, uh, obviously it's a very, uh, um, silent topic. Like not many people talk about that or like, mm-hmm. Probably nobody talks about it in the music industry. Like, yeah, like it's a very yeah. important thing. It's like if there's a God that could free you from chains of depression and suicidal ideation or whatever it may be, like, like what, like why wouldn't you want to know? Why wouldn't you want to know mm-hmm. him at all? Like, yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, like I love talking about it and um it definitely needs to be talked about more and more accepted because I know it's not I mean anybody can look at social media or anything and see that it's not accepted like and um and that you know people don't want to be divisive, we don't want to be canceled or whatever and like all of this it's just all of this fear, you know. Yeah. And God tells us like He gave us a sound like a sound mind of peace and like like fear is not of God. And um, yeah, I mean it's just um, yeah, I mean like like it, all it boils down to to me is just like like if 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 you're not gonna try and know if God if there's a God and to try and know Him and have a relationship with Him, it's like what's the point of life? Sure, you can have your subjective purpose of oh, I'm just gonna be happy, be an engineer. Yeah, it's like it's like, but what? But it goes deeper than that. Okay, to yeah. be happy, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna party, drink, sleep around with people, like do whatever you want, expecting in return that that's gonna be the outcome? This next question kind of like aligns with where you were leading into, David. How do you handle the pressure of having beliefs that don't typically align with the industry you're in? So how do you guys deal with that? Because kind of what David said is like, it's not accepted to really talk too much about it because it can be seen as divisive and, you know, you want to protect people's emotions and feelings. And so it's it's a very divisive topic, I guess, or people believe. But yeah, yeah. what's your guys' perspective on that? And how do you how do you deal with having your guys' faith? And remaining bold in this space. Totally. I can start if you want. Um, I'll try to be as concise and like, yeah, cohesive as I can be. Um, It's difficult, like navigating, uh, having beliefs that can, you know, are like mocked or just not, not seen by everyone. And with that said, everyone has their own beliefs and like, I respect that and I would never... I would never force what I believe onto someone because mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of, you know, like bad things that have happened in the world, like by people who maybe they were like really pure, they had pure intentions, but like by them forcing their beliefs on someone, it's caused a lot of pain. So mm-hmm. I would never force like what I believe on someone and I'm always here just to talk. But like, I mean, that's something that, they, I mean, we all three of us, and by especially Dave and I, I feel like I've been talking about the last couple of weeks is like, how do we navigate? You know, we get all these DMs all the time of people being like, your music saved my life. Like, mm-hmm. like it just happens a lot. And I think, you know, maybe more than the average 
artist because of the music that we make. I think it's more like introspective and we really write from like a vulnerable, like, I don't know, like spot in like mm-hmm. worldview. So um, I feel like it really resonates with people, the music that we make. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, we were talking about it. Like, how do you navigate that? Cause we get all these messages, but like deep down, like I really hold firm to what I believe, like that, it's like, man, like you, you say that my music saved you, but like my music can't save anyone, Mm -hmm. you know, like my, like my music can give you temporary like relief Mm -hmm. and like maybe like temporary peace or like it's more comfort. That's the best word. Like my music Mm -hmm. can give you temporary comfort because you realize maybe you're not alone or I, I put into words kind of like this emotion that you are feeling Mm -hmm. like now it's kind of tangible to you. But it can't, like, it just can't save you, you know? I'm not perfect. So, like, I really believe that, like, that's only through Christ do you find that, like, freedom and can you be saved. So it is difficult navigating that, like, and we've been Mm -hmm. talking about that a bunch because, like, you know, when I was growing up, when I started, I went through a breakup. So I was really sad. So I started writing all these sad songs and I got, like, ostracized from my church Mm-hmm. And like, there's all these pastors who are like really condemning me and telling me, oh, like, you know, you can't do this. You got to make music that's explicitly worship music or else it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I also had other pastors like encouraging me and they're like, oh, you should make music like that. Cause you know, worship music, we're preaching to the choir, but you're reaching all these people with hope that like we can never reach. Mm-hmm. So I was so torn. Like when I started making music, cause I'm like, oh, I don't really, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, is right. am I like am I being disobedient to God because I'm not Hillsong or something, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, anyway, that's a whole nother story, but I I had so much like peace and like subjective experiences with God where I like through prayer and through quiet time with God, I really felt peace to make the music. And I believe in that because I mean, look where like all the doors God's open, like there's things that have happened that are beyond human hands that in my Mm -hmm. life that we just don't have the time to share that now, but like I could talk for hours like mm-hmm. about all these crazy doors got opened and yeah and so anyway it's it's like I want to be vocal about my faith. It's tough mm-hmm. because I feel like it's frowned upon, especially Christianity. I think like for some reason and mm-hmm. and um so I'm trying to navigate that and but that's like why like also we want to do this podcast so yeah. like share like let people know like not only about our music but also like what's really really important to us mm-hmm. and. And like our spiritual journey. Um, so with that said, yeah, everyone has their own different beliefs. Like Absolutely. I know I really believe deep down that the only that Jesus is the only way that you can have that freedom and that salvation. And so it's tough because we're put on a pedestal and we're always messaged mm-hmm. like, oh, your music saved my life, your music is this, this, mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, that means so much to me. I'm not saying like don't send those messages to me. Like that really does encourage me in it, like. It, it shows that like music is really powerful, but yeah. I just know like in my heart, I'm like, you know, my music can't save anyone. Right. Um, it can comfort there. people, but it can't save you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know mm-hmm. if I fully answered your question, no, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, it's, I'm, it's, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning no. how to navigate that, you know? Yeah. I no, want to be guys, as honest as, as I can be. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. You guys, definitely a lot of people, even though I know there's probably a lot of people who, don't agree with what you guys believe in. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of people who just are so grateful that there's people like you who are willing to 
to share. And it, it all comes from, you know, anything any of us believe in, it all comes from a place of love because we want to share, you know, those things with everyone. And so it's hard. Like you said, everyone has totally. their own beliefs. And I think it's so important to respect and and value everyone's experiences. We yeah, all have experiences totally. that have led us to what we believe in, but ultimately, like, obviously, if it means a lot to us, we want to share. And so it's, it's just finding the best way to do that and doing it out of a genuine place, but also like knowing that, you know, if you face backlash for it, it's like, if you're doing it out of a genuine place, that doesn't matter as much. Yeah. So, but yeah, David, do you have anything to, to touch on on that? Like, how do you deal with being a Christian in the music industry? And have you faced any challenges with that and stuff like that? Yes. Um, I think it's just a minority, so it's really hard because as far as for me, like, temptation's really hard. I mean, it could be any temptation, like, like, you know, Jesus says, like, there's no temptation that, like, you can't get out of, like, you know, I, it's, it's, you can get out of it if you obey the Holy Spirit and you let it lead you. But um, that doesn't mean it's it's not strong at all because um, you have all these artists around you who, you know, their life and what means most to them is what they're creating and how they look to the world and how they look to people and how much money's in their bank account and, you know, how many girls they can sleep with and who's the hottest girl, who has the... Who has the biggest rack? Like, no, seriously. <laughs> no, I, I know. Mean, these I are know. real it's conversations that yeah. I've even heard, like, you know, like, even around people we know. Like, I'm just being honest. And, like, that's just all they care about. That's all they care about. That's all that they live for. Um, yeah. And it's really hard being surrounded by that. And you kind of, obviously, there's a calling there. And, like, we're there for a reason. You know, I'm there for a reason if I'm in a situation like that. Hades there for a reason that's God given like I, and who knows what that is even if it's not something significant like even just being there like having your presence there around those people oops and um yeah it, it's it's really hard but it's also like a blessing and an, uh and and like it's it's such a it's such a blessing yeah I get yeah it's it's just a blessing to be able to serve something so good like that um but at uh, at the same time like having fun like we make music as our job and we have so many friends that you know don't necessarily have the purpose and like fulfillment and contentment that we have and like we get to help them potentially find that yeah um because we know the fulfillment and the eternal contentment it it's given us Mm -hmm. um so I also always look at it like that every day. Like, um, yeah, like, oh, how can I be a blessing to this person or this artist that I know, like, is struggling with this? And, like, I don't know. Because, um, yeah, the truth is, like, they, they live different lives. Like, they live crazy lives. And mm -hmm. a lot of them are really empty and sad. And that's just the straight-up truth about it. Yeah. And, yeah, that's how I look at it as a positive way. But it's also hard, like... You know, obviously persecution is like a real thing um, amongst any group of people. When I say this, like, you know, it's 
so far it's like to a small extent, but you know, persecution is persecution. And, um, yeah, I've had to face persecution ever since like I've had success in the industry, like with different artists, if they want to work with me or like X, Y, Z, like being associated with people who then kind of find out I'm a Christian or that I have a view about this, that, you know, they feel strongly about or that they disagree about. And, um, then they don't want to work with me anymore. And that happens a lot. I'm sure in the industry, that is a very frustrating thing about it because, um, you know, I do still love what I do and making music and like, um, and like, I still do hold on to that as like a big part of who I am in my life. So it is still hard to like have to obey, um, sometimes, you know, yeah. that like, Hey, this is what I believe. Like, regardless of me being pissed. Cause like, Oh, like I really wanted to do that with them or whatever, but like, they don't want to anymore because of this. Like, yeah, yeah, it's really hard and it does make you angry at God sometimes. But then God does always, you know, speak to you and like um, speaks to your spirit and like just puts you back centered. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather be doing this and obeying this thing than doing something that is, you know, that could potentially affect my relationship with God or like, or just somebody who, who is gonna persecute you like that because you believe in something prosperous and that has so much love and kindness and, um, yeah, Yeah. that just has all those attributes in it. It's like, why would somebody, yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's the other thing. It's just like, there's so much, there's so much access that we have in the industry and it sometimes it really, as far as me, like it affects us like, and how we take things for granted. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's elephants in the room, so we got to be honest. Yeah, be honest, yeah. be vulnerable, no, get real. <laughs> yeah, no, like, for real, like, I've had hard times with Nicole where, like, I would just, it would be, like, a week. It would even be two weeks. Like, I would just start letting in thoughts of, like, you know, I could go and date a hotter girl or, like, what I think is hotter at the time or, like, whatever. And, like, just these thoughts of greed and, like, wanting all of this, you know, power, whatever, like just, just the access. The freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And. Of like hooking up with whoever you want, doing whatever you want. Yeah. And just like wanting to experience that and whatever, like, um, thinking that it's going to fulfill you and stuff. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that. Um, um, what was I talking about it right before I mentioned that? You were just talking about like, just like the challenges you face face within the oh. industry with the like the fame and being a Christian within yeah. that realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I was going somewhere like else with it. I totally just freaking forgot. <laughs> um It's cool that you're honest though. Like truthfully yeah. you've really encouraged me. Like cause no, I mean, it's, you just stick up for your faith so yeah much. And Thanks. I Yeah, it's really like encouraged yeah, me. Yeah, I mean it's a real thing, like I'm sure you know, many certain Christians in the film industry, arts, whatever it is, like have like do deal with that if they're in a relationship and like 
But maybe it's not. Maybe they have the burden of another sin or like temptation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just really toxic, I guess. And like, oh, um, you were saying it's just the gratitude thing, like you, like not being grateful for what you have. That's, oh, that was your point. Yeah. I think you were trying to make. Yeah, I, yeah. Some I was trying to make some. Yeah, just taking for granted like what you have because, oh, just the access. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the access, and then taking for granted like what you do have, and then thinking you can get something that's even better, but then you get that and then you're with that thing for however long and then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is even better. And then you're on to the next even better thing. Like, yeah, like just greed and the access is such a, it's just so void. It's just like a pit. It's a pit you fall into and it just distracts you from the spiritual um, things of life, which are sacred and more important and, need to be pursued by every human being yeah. and um there's just so many distractions which most that, people wouldn't have that in a normal what like the access that you guys have and then oh, also yeah, having no, the faith that you have like yeah that's that yeah. would be hard for anyone but yeah like i'll just have those thoughts and they'll be very strong and I, i'm very honest with her about it like she knows about it whenever i'm if i have those thoughts um mm-hmm. Yeah, but God always, like, pulls me back and, like, um, yeah, like, redeems those thoughts, you know, whatever it is. But, yeah, yeah, it really is, there really is a spiritual war. And that's the other thing that Well, it's like I the, think the enemy ignore. wants you, wants yeah. your soul. And exactly wants you to, I mean, being in this industry, like, I think God has blessed both of you guys so much. But also, like, the enemy's after you as well. Like, he wants you to give in and and fall into lust and temptation and fame and money success and all these things and yeah I mean it definitely has been challenging in our relationship just because I mean it's hard like most normal people in a situation don't have access to thousands of people you know don't have shows and have thousands of girls coming up to them after wanting to you know hook up and do these things and so it's it's challenging um but what what has always and what will always hold me and David together is the Lord. And that's what our relationship was founded on was our faith. And, Amen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and, um, you know, you can seek after all those things in this life. But like me and David both know the value of marriage and of ha- being with a spouse that's loves the Lord and sharing your faith and serving him together and stuff. And so, yeah, and it just is like, it's pretty crazy to think about like. Because I started feeling all that temptation, like, not until I started social media. And I remember, like, I would always pray or, like, um, you know, praying to God, like, oh, f- like, help me find a woman, like, that loves you. Or, like, I've, I like I, I prayed that when I started pursuing and following Jesus. Like, yeah, oh, and behold, <laughs> Nicole came into my life. Like, but it's crazy, like, the timing, too, that she came into my life, like, um, you know, it was before everything, whatever. And like, um, yeah, it, it just makes you think it's like if I didn't have her and like everything that happened. Um, yeah. So that's basically that. But yeah, no, like she really is a gift from God. Like God really gave me her and she really, you know, keeps me accountable and we're honest with each other. And it's a real relationship because and it also like like I hate to think about it but like if I didn't have her and like even 
everything happening and then me trying to find somebody. It's like, yeah, that's that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 like I don't want to say that. Yeah. I don't want to say that, but yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, the timing was crazy that we met because it was literally right when a couple months before David when I started like making really music. started pursuing music and so through the the craziness of his career like we had been dating for like almost a year when miserable man blew up and everything and yep. so we we had developed our relationship and founded our relationship really on the Lord and so I think that's literally what got us through that time because that was so hard like um but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool that we're talking about it. I mean, it's it's definitely not like great to sit on here and like talk about these struggles because it can be like hard to admit those things. But like, yeah, our relationship has been, there's been really tough times through that and anyone in David's position would feel that. But then on my end too, it's frustrating because I'm like, I don't want to be devalued, you know, just because there's access to, because I know what really matters and I know my value, you know, just as a person and significant other and so it's been it's been really hard but it's also like totally strengthened us so much and um again like God's glory has just been amplified through it because he's literally the reason we are together from the beginning into this moment like he's gotten us through every hard moment and um the more we lean into the Lord the more we love each other I feel like Hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really cool um, and comforting. And and David's such a blessing too because he continues to prove to me day in day, no matter what David struggles with, no matter what happens, like I know that he loves the Lord and I know that he loves me and I know that he would do anything for me. And it, he's always it's always going to come back to that. And I'm very grateful for how much he um, sacrifices for me and stuff. So yeah. he's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> All right, this is just kind of for your guys' fans, obviously, because there's a lot of people watching this that just love you guys. What advice would you give to a fan who is struggling with their mental health? I would say self-care is really important Mm -hmm. because I remember so many times, I mean, even recently, like when I wasn't sleeping, um, there's a lot of self-care self-care neglections that were going on and then once I started doing those things again they definitely helped but I know some people like do do those things and they don't help whatever it's such a tricky question sometimes because like I think you really just have to identify why you're feeling the way you are and I know there's some folks out there maybe you're watching that like you're like oh there is nothing i just feel this way um but for those of you like it's you're anxious about something you're depressed about something it's really just identifying it and like figuring out what are the solutions to like your Mm, mental health thing going on yeah i don't know i feel like some things like i believe about mental health is like i feel like we're so overly diagnosed amongst like at least my generation like gen z like it's just like therapists and everything are so quick to oh well you have depression like hop on these meds real quick like you'll feel gas like whatever (laughs) it's like literally yeah like I, i i understand that it does help a lot of people but 
I don't know, because it's just like, like neurology, psychology, like the mind, like it's such a big uncharted territory. I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but like it is true. Like there's so many things about the mind that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously I'm a Christian. Like I believe there's a spirit. There's, I believe there's, there's an unseen realm. There's an immaterial aspect of life. And I think a lot of mental health also is rooted in like a spiritual sickness. Like, obviously, I would never force anything about Jesus down anyone's throats or anything like how he was saying, like, obviously, like, what I believe is the best doctor is Jesus. But sometimes, you know, like, for those of you that have gotten a doctor here on earth, like, that's okay. And they can, they will help you. Like, there's so many things, like, that will help you. Um, but I, I would say, like, time really does heal. And, like, it seems really bad, like, whatever it is. Like, I'm just thinking off things that I've struggled with. Like, I would be anxious about, you know, my future or, like, I just, I'm feeling super depressed. Like, if you're feeling a certain way and there's just, like, antagonizing thoughts that are, you know, keeping you up at night or that are just on your mind and, like, you just want to claw out your mind because it's so bad. Thoughts are temporary. Like, you're going to have new thoughts as life goes on. Like, your emotions are always changing. That's why they're called emotions. Like, they're in motion all the time. Like, bars. Yeah, like, it's... (laughs) Write a song about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just know, like, there's so many things that humans have been through for millennia, like, mental health stuff. Like, read the Bible, bro. Like the Bible's pretty gory. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of gore. There's crazy stories in there. Like people have been going through it forever. Yeah. Like people with depression, but they're still, you know, devoted to the Lord. Like all this crazy stuff that, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we'll get so hard on ourselves about like, so, um, I don't know. That's really all I have to say about it. Cause sure. I don't know. I feel like that was such a bad answer, but no, no, no not at all. I thought there's that was a, a great good, answer. Yeah, a lot of good I agree with you. Like, um, man, I'm no expert, but I think identifying what what is causing your exactly. your pain is like super helpful because then you you know kind of what to to target. Like, my dad's a doctor, so I like mm-hmm. stories from him and like my, one of my cousins. I mean, we were talking about this, but like one of my cousins has schizophrenia, so mm-hmm. like. I hear stories and see it like on a family level too of like, man, mental illness is such a real thing. And it's so, it's just not cookie cutter. Like there's not yeah. a, yeah, there's that's not why it's just, hard to it's answer. So sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to answer that. Cause it's not like a, a cookie cutter answer. Cause like I, cause I, I like, while I hold my faith, like above all else. And I do think Christ brings healing like it's just not that simple sometimes no, it's not. And, I, I, yeah it's it, and I can't just not. look at someone and be like oh well you just need to be a Christian and you won't experience it like not well, at all like, but like I you exp- said earlier like I almost think being a Christian you're more aware yeah of your emotions and like I don't know I preach that all the time but like the stigma of like oh Christians can't struggle with mental health not it's at like, all like I was uh, in such a like I wrote that song lost yeah, like I felt like, so no. lost and I was really depressed for a while and yeah so yeah I like first of all like of course it's such a real thing and it's really I have so much empathy because it's so sad like and mm-hmm. I hear it from my dad in the hospital I hear I see it with my cousin like it's not a cookie cutter thing. Like if you're able to identify where it's coming from, be it through a doctor, be it through a therapist, mm-hmm. be it through 
Christ, like, yeah, that was the thing I was gonna say. Therapists have really, I've been going to a therapist since I was 12 years old. Yeah, they do really help. We love therapy. Yeah, go go do your therapy sessions, folks. (laughs) Yeah, go see a therapist. If if you're able to identify where it's coming from through through one of those means, like, that's awesome. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like maybe that's a good first Mm -hmm. step. And also, I'll speak for myself, like, if it's something as far as, oh, I know, like time heals. You were saying that. Mm-hmm. If it's like a mental, like if it's like depression or sad, like a deep sadness and that stems from some something happening to you or like uh, like, like, mm, like like a breakup or something like yeah. time really does help. And, and I think I'll speak for myself. There's been instances in my life, like my first relationship, like I found out like my girlfriend was cheating on me and like I was in such a low spot. Um, and it was really a matter of perspective for me. I think even now, lots of times I, it's easy to like have such a narrow perspective and like zoom Mm -hmm. in really like on my issues and my, my problems and make things a bigger deal than they, than they have to be. Yeah. And I forget just like I, to have like a bigger perspective and just understand Mm -hmm. like, man, I like Lord willing, I live till I'm, you know, old and have gray Mm -hmm. hair but like you know this is just one moment one year in my life and yeah there's you know hopefully many more and so like taking a step back to quiet myself and and regain my perspective is helpful but uh yeah it's just there's no cookie cutter answer like uh yeah identifying it through one of those means Mm -hmm. like uh, is helpful like have a bigger perspective like remember time really does help if it's something like a breakup or something where like there's pain that you feel that like it it really does like help at time mm-hmm. yeah I, yeah it's, and, it's really hard to answer that question to, to be uh, hate and david's music because it yeah will if help. you feel sad listen to <laughs> david kushner and hate because maybe you'll be able to relate. yeah they have some sad music <laughs> awesome okay well we're just gonna kind of wrap this up but last like question about this whole thing and it's gonna be a very short answer but does Money, fame, and success fulfill you. Tell all the people because that's what we're all after in this life. Most people, at least. <laughs> it can be a yeah, simple no, answer, but <laughs> no, yes. no, 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 no. It definitely, it definitely doesn't. I mean, we touched on this earlier on. Like, yeah. every it's a big rat race. Like everyone's chasing something. And maybe for us, like, it's like fame or money or like a big house or stuff like that. And maybe it's that for a lot of people, but maybe it's different. Maybe it's like, like having a healthy relationship or, or having like, mm-hmm. I don't just know, like it just could be anything. anything. Yeah. Like I just, man, it's just not fleeting. And like David said, I'd encourage anyone to ask bigger questions. Mm-hmm. Like, what is their purpose? Like, is, is God real? Is why am I here? Like, I think asking bigger questions and seeking out answers is, is more important because everything else from dust will return to dust. Yeah. Like, yeah. Word. Like, um, it's just, it's, it's fleeting. Like it's just fleeting. So I'd encourage anyone like ask, ask deeper questions. And, and, um, and again, I say that not from a place of mastery. Like I still like have to, like, um, take us, I still get like tempted and like drawn into that of like, mm-hmm. oh, if I had a certain this much money or if I had a big house like of this, like that would make me happy. And then it's like, 
we're at party like <clears throat> i mean we really don't go to like parties but like when we go yeah, to, like bro, these big uh, <laughs> when we go to bro. when we go to like you know these social gatherings like and or like we just have friends who have like so much money and they just are miserable yeah like they just are so miserable and i say that and it's yeah. easy to say that and like people can hear that and be like yeah like whatever dude these people are miserable and yeah it's so true and it just yeah. goes for anything it's all that stuff is fleeting and i'd encourage anyone yeah. like just ask deeper questions ask yeah. the bigger questions and seek them out yeah i agree with mr hayden hubers <laughs> and everything he hubers. said um yeah it's cool to have like you know as far as like the positives like you know it's cool as a tool to be able to do certain things um as artists and stuff you know like touring and um just you know because yeah like it's yeah like touring like you know a lot of money spent and like it's so fun like and i feel like that's just kind of all money is like yeah like it's like a means to buy time it's not really uh exactly and commodity yeah it's not like i was like you know, you get you get a big check and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm happy now. <laughs> or like, I'm happy. See, that's better. funny because like I I I feel like people who don't have money like think it, they no, will more de- than people who do. It definitely like cancels any financial stress, of yeah. course, because I mean that financial stress is just all money related. Like if you have a lot of money, then are you gonna be financially worried and stressed? No, like. Um, yeah, like it definitely makes life easier in a lot of aspects. No, like, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just going over the positives about it, but um yeah, like but like that like all that cash, all that money, like it's going to be dust. Like it doesn't matter. And it doesn't fulfill you. Yeah, it doesn't fulfill you. And um <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> I do. I'll talk about things and I'll just get reminded of random stuff. <laughs> it was just this funny quote. My friend in high school, it was this kid, like, he was like this big drug dealer hustler guy. And we were talking about this, like, oh, there's money. Because he was like hustling his drugs and he made like a couple grand in like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, money, money won't make you happy at all. Like, blah, blah. And I was talking about like my dad and stuff and like people that I know that have made a lot of money before and and then my friend was like bro 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 like for real though listen though like tell me you don't agree with this like i'd rather cry and be depressed in a lamborghini than a honda civic <laughs> i mean he has a point <laughs> and i was like uh, i think i think, I, I think money point. doesn't make you happy <laughs> it was just but, funny i just thought i'd bring it up but, but it does make life easier yeah it no, does definitely make life easier. makes life easier but um it's not something to if, look, it's, oh, if there's what well, like if there's anything to like devote whoops devote your time and invest in like invest in relationships with people yeah. and exactly like that that's you're just not yeah you just can't take it with you when you die and like who's gonna be with you when when you die hopefully it's well, like yeah, the and people you have all that, this money but if you have no one to be with like yeah and even if it does in. like make you so happy and you have joy and all this stuff like you're just you're gonna die one day and it's just like then what and so that's why like i mean yeah if you if 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 you're gonna take the time to do anything like Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not like saying don't work hard or or try to reach something but i mean invest and cherish relationships and the people around you and 
ask bigger questions like about your purpose. And I feel like finding answers to bigger questions like that will be much more fulfilling to yeah. you than, than like success. Amen. And the last thing I was just going to say to answer the question was, yeah, to touch on what I said, like the expectations, if you're expecting to be happy and all this like amazing stuff when you start making a lot of money, because there's definitely going to be people watching this. Like, you don't know it yet, but you're going to make a lot of money eventually in your life. Um, <laughs> Entrepreneurs no, out there. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I mean, like, it's true. Like, if yeah. you're going to work towards something, like, you're going to have success in whatever scale that is. Like, super big or, like, you know, like, whatever it is. Like, it comes with a lot of responsibility and can be a detriment. Because I've experienced it. I know so many people that have. Yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It can really be a detriment. Um, to your life, which then you're going to have to reassess and handle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so please do not idolize it. I love that. Good answer, guys. Well, this is kind of the wrap-up, but... Um, <laughs> I feel like we've said that. I thought I was like four <laughs> no, no, questions. No, 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 this is it's really midnight. the wrap-up. <laughs> um, do you guys have any projects or releases coming up that you would like to share with anyone who's watching this? Running from the day, like. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. yeah, I, um, yes. Tell us, That's hey, tell, tell us. Me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Give I have, I have new music coming out and, um, I'm still figuring out like with my label, what's the best like way to go about releasing this stuff. But yeah, I haven't lost is the last song I put out and that was like two or three months ago. So it's been like a hot second since I put out music and. I put out three songs all of last year. Like I really haven't put out that much music recently, but I'm like on my computer. I have like over a dozen songs like just done and ready to go. I've just been trying to figure out the best way to release them. If it's an album, if it's an EP, if it's just singles. Um, So, but yeah, like I'm, I told myself that's a big goal this year. Like I want to put out over 12 songs this year and I, it's going to happen because the songs are done. So, um, yeah hopefully it's january so hopefully starting end of february or early march like i'm gonna release a song called when you were mine which is like one of probably my favorite song i've ever written guys i should have said that as the answer it's so good yeah Um, if you if you want to cry you're gonna like this song (laughs) (laughs) say that just before any of my songs no when you were mine i love that song and there's some other songs too that i i like just mean so much to me so i really believe it's the best music and i'll say like that's a like what I was saying was a very cliche answer, but like a lot of the music is themed uh, that's coming out. Like last year was really difficult for me and I felt really lonely and lost. And um, so a lot of these songs are just have that theme of loss and separating, like me leaving my family and friends. So like, it's just, it's, there's so much emotion and like honesty in these songs. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm so proud of them. And I really believe they're really going to impact people. And um, but yeah, I guess to like explain, like that's a lot of it is about loss and how to deal with that and like pain. And, uh, I think it's just going to be really relatable to a lot of people. So I'm really excited to, to put that out. And my, also my biggest goal this year is just to tour and play as many shows as I can. So, um, yeah, like we're going to, we're going to tour, we're going to go to different continents and play a bunch of shows. So I'm really excited. So cool. Hopefully see you guys in in person yeah everyone go see Hade he's amazing thank you Hade we're so yeah, excited for your no, new music you. which we've listened to it by the way 
and it's incredible, phenomenal. Thank you. Just so, so good. So you guys are going to love it. David, do you have anything exciting coming? Yes. Um, I am now working. I just really, so I released my first EP and then I'm now working on my first ever album, 12 songs. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. And that's all I'm working on this year. And Trying to, trying to get on Hades level to finish songs because I'm not I'm not that good. <laughs> Bro, I'm not, I'm not that, that good, good at finishing yeah. songs either. Um, so yeah, I got some really cool ideas. I'm finishing and gonna start recording here soon. Um, we wrote this song yeah. Daylight yesterday. I'm just gonna put it out there because yeah. I really believe in that song. Like, yeah, me, that's probably the best song that it, Jeremy, David, and I wrote. And like, I think yeah. that song's gonna be yeah, huge. Yeah, me, me, Hayden. Uh, Shout out Jeremy, to Jeremy. Our, yeah, it's our, January twenty two, twenty twenty three. Sarcastic sounds. Daylight. Yeah. It's gonna be a big song. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. Um, a lot of different sounds gonna be like sonically. A lot of different vibes will be in the album, and yeah, I'm excited to um, get working on it and finish it up. And yeah, no, I won't say that. No, no, there's yeah, really yeah, yeah. exciting stuff. He's got yeah, more exciting stuff coming up that he can't talk about, just but it's like really, really exciting. Media. So oh, everyone... no, well, was nothing. That was just that would be a flex. I won't say that. Say it. Say no, it. Like, say the flex. No, no, like I, I say it from like just a ex- genuine place of excitement, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just that I'm. Doing yeah, tell him. It. No, yeah. So I'm writing or finishing three songs, um, like next month in like two, three weeks. Um, with uh, the lead singer of the Lumineers, which I'm really excited for. I've always looked up to them in their music when it came to, like, making music. And, um, yeah, I can't believe it. So next month I'm working with him, the singer, Ooh, and very cool. finishing some songs. For which is so cool, guys, because that's, like, when I met David, like, if he could choose, like, his dream person to work with, it would be, like, the Lumineers. So his dreams remember, are coming true. Yeah, the first time I listened to Lumineers, it was Ophelia on SoundCloud in seventh grade. And That's I, a like, smashable I song. It. Right as it yeah, came out, song. I was like, dude, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. So cool. Well, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for both of you guys. There's a lot of stuff you guys didn't share about, like, exciting stuff coming up. But seriously, guys, go follow them. And, I mean, most people who are watching this probably already follow them. But if you don't, go follow them. Follow along. It's going to be exciting. And then the last thing is, do you have merch and where can we find it? Which... Oh, would you look at that? Oh, crazy. They're actually wearing their merch, guys. That is the plug that we have. <laughs> um, I have... If people don't, if, if you don't know who I am and you're watching this, my name is Hade. So like on any social platform, you can just look me up and listen to my music, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, anything like that. Oh, Whoa. helicopter. Helicopter. I'm curious if the mics can pick that up. Anyway, um, maybe it's another live PD, Chase. <laughs> um, Our amigos probably. Yeah. But I am... Um, no, this, I mean, this is merch that I made. I actually made this myself. It's called Head in the Clouds. It, well, so it says cool. Head in you the Clouds. Well, obviously, you can well see that because you guys can probably read. Uh, but it's heydmusic.com. So if you, there's a bunch of different merch you can buy and uh, see like upcoming shows and, and all that good stuff. So genuinely, uh, Anyone listening to this, if you made it this far into the podcast, have, I don't even know what time it's at now. People are loyal. People are loyal. Uh, I believe it, but I mean, so we've been going for like, 
two and a half it's hours. Certainly over two hours, yeah. I would guess. But um, if hey, you made music. it this far, <laughs> thank you for listening and 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 hearing us out. Everyone has a story, so I'm glad you guys. I'm really grateful that you guys listened to to mine and David. And thank you, obviously, Nicole, for having us. And also, um, yeah, if you made it this far, uh, if you're in LA, uh, there's ice cream on me. So there you go. Oh. Bum said tomorrow night, 10 p.m. <laughs> Meet us there. All it's right, going to take Nicole a little longer than yeah, tomorrow to edit out, this. This will be out in two weeks. So. Oh, three. <laughs> right, you got to give her some time to yeah, edit yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. too. For sure. Um, David? Yeah, so talk I'm, to us about your merch. This is just a sneak peek of what will be available soon. I'm doing a whole merch drop like thing for it. This is one of the pieces, Mr. Forgettable. Um, it's yeah. actually and so then, cool. It's thanks. amazing. And then yeah, we'll have Mr. Forgettable hoodie. We'll have um some mi- some mi- more miserable men merch. Mm-hmm. And then um I am going. Uh, uh, I'm also dropping a T-shirt with um, his face on it. With and my it's face so cute. on it. In I the most one. non-narcissistic, egotistical way. <laughs> it's a cool um, picture, David. It's just a cool portrait that I love yeah. of he looks myself. Sexy in and he does anybody, look sexy in it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> if anybody wanted to rock my face on their, you know, body, it'll be available everyone, soon. Yeah, everyone. So, KayMusic.com and DavidKushner.com. Is that your website? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell them. What I, is your I website? Don't, I don't know. I forgot. Like, well, <laughs> just look up David Kushner on Google. You'll you'll and find him where Instagram, you need to find him. Link in your bio. Link in his bio on Instagram. Yeah, link in my bio. Um, sure. awesome. Also follow. I mean, like follow Nicole. Uh, elephants in the room. Yeah, elephants in the room. Nicole Donna. Nicole dot Donna. You got it, Hayden. Um, on on Instagram and TikTok. But this has actually been so much fun. Yeah. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Yes, we did. And. Uh, this yeah, I mean it's just been so much fun. Yeah, thanks so much for coming, yeah, guys. Thanks for having us, Nicole. I think we you should. Guys are amazing. I think we should uh, go to the store and buy some ice cream. I agree, this. ice cream and cookies. What's open, bro? It's like love. Oh, I'm sure there's a there's something open. open. We'll find some. It's LA. But yeah, um, well, thanks for listening, guys. If you made it this far, we're very grateful for you. Paid David it was an honor to have you guys on the podcast. In like a couple years, we'll have you guys back on. We'll revisit this episode. Word. If you guys want to support this podcast, you can follow me. Do give it. it a rating. Do share it. it on your social media. Do if you it. want to support them, follow them on their social media. Hayd Music and David Kushner. And um, to finish off this episode, I'll ask what elephants do you guys have in your rooms? My name is Nicole. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you guys next week. Woo. And now clap. Ha, 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 ha.